Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Michael Dean Show here on PodcastJuice.net. My name is Michael Dean, and joining me today is Mr. Big Sexy and Saxer. How are you? I'm doing great. I enjoyed the half or the short week because I needed it. Damn. All right. Also joining us is Mr. Amp Poo. Sir, how are you? I'm doing good. I, I got I, I low-key got a story time. For the first time in, I want to say, two plus decades, I went out and bought some fireworks. And one, uh, people are sleeping on those TNT pop-up uh, shops. Those things, they have some really good stuff there. I uh, picked up a Purple Rain on GP. Even though Prince wasn't attached to it at all, I just said, okay, let's do that for the man as he passed. It was dope. The brothers in there, I ain't going to, yeah, they had a purple rain firework. It was all sparkly and then it started popping out little explosives. It was pretty dope. And then uh, the brothers in there, I'm up there trying to buy stuff. They got bullshit like the flower blossoms, which are always cool. I like them. They had something called fire crackles, not crackers, crackle. <laughs> no, because you know, fire crackers, you know, the ones you get them individually, you could p- toss them out and pop. They have fire crackles. I have to recommend those. Those were dope too. But then I'm just like, hey, y'all ain't got like skyrockets, any of that good stuff. So, bro, man, he started looking at me, you know, he looking side to side, looking at me like, man, you know, we got something in the back, you know. He said, yeah, I got cherry bombs. And I'm like, oh, cherry bombs. And I'm thinking, like, okay, maybe that's just the name of some other fireworks. This fool pulls out an M1000. <laughs> I said, I said, oh, those are M. He said, those are yeah, these those are like M80s, right? He said, no, it's an M1000. This is gonna blow stuff up. I'm like, bro, I got a one year old and a ten year old. I can't be fucking with that anymore. <laughs> Plus, they got short fuses. So I ended up going to Compton. Yes, Compton. <laughs> ended up going to Compton and spending about fifty bucks on these uh-huh. on all of these fireworks. They had all the good shit. I kid you not, you have to get the monkey balls. Yes, they're called monkey balls. Uh, These things you light, they go up in the air, explode, and like three different freaking fireworks. But the joy of the night for me was when I took that that Roman candle and took out all my frustrations on all the ass whoopings I couldn't give my son and started, <laughs> sh- and started shooting it at his ass. Wow. He was like, you damn right. He's like, he said, we gonna play fireworks? I'm like, I'm just letting you know. I'm a big ass kid. Mm. The way I do fireworks, we shoot them at each other. Are mm. you sure you want to play? He was like, yes. I was like, all right, nigga, you all said right. it. Okay. <laughs> so when I started aiming at him, he was running, mama, mama. This is how we play. Remember you threw them firecrackers at me? Well, this is your ass. So mm. needless to say, Apple had so much fun on the 4th of July. All right. Now, uh, you you normally uh, you know claim on code and, and and things of that nature. Isn't that right? Yes, I do. Okay. You have to celebrate in the fourth, though. No. <laughs> I was out there blowing shit up. <laughs> okay. Just a coincidence. No, I was blowing shit up. Ain't no flag waving. Wasn't no mm. proud to be an American. Wasn't no uh, national anthem. God bless America. I was. I waited tonight and I blew shit up. Mm. Mm. Why'd you wait till July fourth? Yeah, I was just a hell of a coincidence. Why don't you mind your own business? <laughs> I'm just asking. I didn't mean you to get and I just told you. I'm just asking. And I just told you. Okay. Wow. Uh, all right. All right, Frederick. I was upset. <laughs> All right. Shout out to Colin Kaepernick. <clears throat> anyway. uh, yeah, let's keep it moving. 
Q Storm, sir. Yes, sir. How are you? Ah, oh, boy, just I got ammunition for a couple of weeks. Anyway, um, let it off. Yeah, I just, uh, I just, uh, I just uh, sent my son. My, well, my wife uh, drove my son down to D.C. He was uh, selected to be uh, part of, take part of uh, in a uh, future leadership conference. So I'm pretty proud of that. He left today with his new, uh, his new uh, T'Challa hairdo. I'm like. Uh, can't you just get a normal haircut? He's like, no, this is this is good. And then the barber started chiming, and no, this is how they wear it, man. This is how they wear it. I'm like, damn, don't salt my game, <laughs> shit. Okay. So, so they literally literally have the T'Challa cut now. Eh? That, <clears throat> well, he he described it. I don't know what it's called, but he described it as he he saw it on T'Challa. Yeah, yeah. And I had to. Uh, you had to go buy. It's like you go to Sally's. I don't know. Do they have Sally's on the West Coast? I, I think I have heard. I maybe have seen. It's like a it's a it's a hair beauty thing, supply. Right? Be- oh, beauty supply. Hair okay. beauty supply. Got it. Keep get going. Continue. Buy the sponge. You get to buy the sponge that has uh, huh? holes in it, and you you put it in your hair, and you rub it around. It gives you those braids. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. Okay. You didn't pick up a lace front while using it. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> I've heard. Of, I don't know what it is. Though. Cause they can they can give you dreads and all kind of shit. Yeah. Oh, the thing you glue on your scalp? No, yeah. no, no. Right. But yeah. I'm like, you know what? I can't be. I, hey. hey, back in my day, I I wanted a curl. I got it. I'm like, okay, he'll grow out of this. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, now somebody's got the speakers on or something. I can hear myself. So let's let's catch that. But while we're doing that, uh, when I start the show, I have to. Make the pop the top. All right. Get, get, oh Lord. Get, yeah, you know, juice. you know the, when the preacher right. opens up well, a can of Jesus juice, you know. Well, since you're going to the the fridge, I guess I go to the drawer real quick and handle mine, so we can all be fucked up. Oh, there you go. There you go. All right. Let's get. Well, wait, if, wait. If you're drinking during the show, can I eat? Because I'm starving. Nah, because as long as your eat don't entail all the smacking and. All of that. You won't be slurping. Well, now you don't hear me slurping. <laughs> and, and and pause on that, please. <laughs> but I. <laughs> yeah, but I. But I. Anyway, um, all right. Let's get this thing going. We we, we got to talk about the new movie that just came out this week, uh, last week, whatever. Uh, Spider Man: Far From Home. This is the second. Tom Holland, Spider-Man. This is the second Spider-Man movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. How many Spider-Man movies has it been, though, in total at this point? There was the three original ones, right? Seven, I think, right? Two of the Garfield. So that's six. Uh, Yeah, seven. God damn. Seven. Wow. That's a lot of movies. In a pretty short time, relatively speaking. But, uh, yeah, this is the third Spider-Man on the big screen. I mean, in terms of the person playing the character. Um, but anyway, let's get into this movie. Uh, I would say for me, I was highly anticipated just because I wanted to see what was going to happen after Endgame. And if I can mention Endgame here for a second, I just saw it again for the third time last week or a week, the weekend. I think they had the re-release, so-called re-release. So I went and watched that. And man, I hadn't seen it since, you know, months ago. And listen, it's a damn good movie. Like, I didn't think it was worth the re-release for what they gave us. But just the movie itself, 
It's a freaking good movie. I, even though I knew everything was going to happen, I was still like, God damn, you know what? And I was trying to hold, hold him back in tears. And I was like, damn. But this is a freaking good movie. Arguably the best movie Marvel has made. Okay. So the, the bar is very high in my opinion. But I understand that all movies are not going to be like the Avengers movies or Civil War or Winter Soldier or whatever. So we have Spider-Man. Here's my quick thoughts on this, and I'm going to go around the room. I will say this. I enjoyed this movie. Uh, it was better than Homecoming to me. Uh, I wanted to see what was going to happen after the events of Endgame, and they touch on that a little bit. Uh, you know, they, they, they do mention that people were snapped. They call it the blip, which I didn't like that. I, I will say this. I felt like they were kind of a little too jokey about that situation because I find that it's a very interesting situation for the world to be in. And I kind of wanted to just get a little bit more understanding of the effects of that. They deal with it in a very jokey Marvel type of way, which I can understand, but I almost wish there was a whole other movie that would just go all into that or maybe like a TV series or something. Cause I just find it fascinating that half the people would disappear and then they come back. I still still some don't get the feeling on how much do they understand what happened with Thanos and stuff um I, I can see that they miss Tony and Captain America I guess and, and even I think they show Black Widow a little bit but I'm just curious how much do they really understand what was going on um but with that said this movie sort of deals with Peter Parker um wanting his him and his classmates since they have come back from being, uh, what they call it, blipped. They have to go on this school trip and come back to school and everything. And it's a way for Peter, I guess, to get away from everything and just deal with being a young kid and trying to get with Mary or MJ, excuse me. And he also sort of dealing with, you know, uh, the loss of Tony Stark, which apparently the whole world is. Though they tend to show Tony Stark, Iron Man, a lot of pictures, but I don't remember a lot of people actually talking about him as that they missed him, other than like Nick Fury or something like that. But Tony going in on that a lot, excuse me, uh, Peter's talking about that a lot, and I understand why his character is feeling like, like that. But I just felt like uh, it makes sense per se in this movie that he's kind of like that. But I question why Spider-Man himself, the character, is so concerned about that. And we don't, I just feel like we don't get enough of Spider-Man. It's almost more this is a uh, Marvel Universe movie with Spider-Man as opposed to Spider-Man within the Marvel Universe. So everything that happens in this movie has to do with Tony Stark. Which to me is almost more of an Iron Man movie. He, they just couldn't get Robert Downey to star in it because his contract is up. Uh, with all of that said, I enjoyed the characters that are presented to us, whether or not I feel like um, I really want I really wanted to see uh, the Spider-Man story being Spider-Man and a hero as opposed to a kid still dealing with trying to be Spider-Man, which I thought we got in the last movie and you know, times we've seen it before. Nonetheless, this movie is well made. The action scenes are dope. This, the uh, 
CGI is some of the best CGI of a Marvel movie, in my opinion, uh, which is a trip to me. I don't know if they were just like, you know what? We got all the money now. Let's just throw the fucking money to CGI, make it dope. Because some of the movies like Black Panther, CGI is whack as hell. But in this, <laughs> it was fantastic. The, the action scenes are done very well, in my opinion. I was like, they got it. And sometimes I feel like they over computerized Spider-Man because he's purely a CGI character most of the time when he's in the costume. But this time I couldn't necessarily tell as much. And, and I th- thought they did a great job. Uh, like I said, I did enjoy this movie, but my expectations of a Spider-Man movie were probably a little too high. My expectations based off of Endgame were probably too high. This movie to me was cool. This was a cool Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. Uh, I would almost put it in the same realm as cool as Ragnarok, which I think I may have hated when I first saw it, but I learned to appreciate it. And I just think it's cool. Will I go back and watch this over and over like some of the other ones? Probably not. But I can understand why people would like this movie. I just feel like uh, the direction they're going with Spider-Man, it's almost as if he is not really Spider-Man. It's like uh, he is something else. Maybe it's it's working here, but I question like sort of the long term. When will he feel like he's really just Spider-Man and not like this kid sort of reacting to all the other stuff going on? I almost felt like I'll say this. It's sometimes it feels like most of the Marvel movies, they're self-contained where the heroes have their own thing going on. And then when you see them come together, it's like, oh, OK, here's T'Challa. He's bringing his thing or they're bringing that. You know, Thor's bringing this. But he's the only character to me, it seems as if he can't exist without it being tied heavily into the other events of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, specifically Iron Man. And I can understand why Sony may have sort of pushed for that to like, well, we need Robert Downey Jr. in this movie because we want to sell tickets and da 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 da. I can get that. But now that there's not that he's not in the movies anymore, it would seem as if you could break the chains from that a little bit and make this more about Spider-Man. He's got freaking MJ, he's got J. Jonah Jameson, he's got all these other characters that he could use and let him bring his characters to the universe as opposed to sort of dumping the Marvel Cinematic Universe on him and him having to deal with, you know, Nick Fury and all this other stuff. Um, but again, that's nothing to say that this movie isn't good. I, I thought it was good. I'm just curious where they're going to go with this guy. With that said, I'm rambling. I'm going to go to Aunt Pooh, which probably has a whole different take on this movie. What did you think? Um, I have to echo what you said as far as the first watch. I saw this uh, last week and I was a little, um, yeah, my expectations were a little high as I wanted to see how are they going to um, follow up Endgame. Um, there was this whole huge blip, you know, when you look at Spider-Man and his, um, the people that he interacts with, they're more so on the street level. They're not on that Avenger level and definitely not at a cosmic level. So I wanted to see how are the everyday friendly neighborhood uh, people going to deal with the fact that um, there was this extinction level event, half the universe, or at least half of Earth, to their knowledge, died. And now all these people that they thought were dead are back. And it's five years later. And yeah, it, it was disappointing to see that they played that for comedy, calling it the blip, which I think was like, wow, that's why are you calling that tra- traumatizing event something so goofy? And then the the other thing was you're mentioning tying it to Tony Stark in the MCU. 
I'm going to make no mistake about it. Jake Gyllenhaal, he did the damn thing. They are two for two with casting great people to play Spider-Man villains. Problem I have with it is he was tied to Stony, Tony Stark, which yet again with the Vulture, who, um, Mark, correct me if I'm wrong, because I, I, I want to keep saying that the Vulture started with Daredevil. Did but no. I, okay, first appearance so, of the Vulture, Amazing Spider-Man number two. Goddamn! Look at you! Look at you! So he's a Spider-Man villain. Mysterio is a Spider-Man villain. But here in the movie, his motivations are tied to Tony Stark, which, you know, I like how they did it. But, you know, the comic book fan in me, the the one that knows the history of Mysterio is thinking like, no, that just doesn't seem right. You don't you didn't have to do that. But overall, Jake Gyllenhaal did the damn thing. He he needed to be when he needed to be virtual. So he did that when he needed to be the uh, uh, strong superhero. He did that when he decided to spoilers, you know, hey, spoilers reveal the plot. He was on point when uh, he made and when he was revealing the plot, he said that Tony called him unstable. He showed that. And then when he needed to be cold and calculated, like I'm just going to kill everybody. He he showed that and convinced me wholeheartedly i love the uh the cast um nick fury i uh samuel jackson through nick fury i was kind of getting some james or jones vibes like okay maybe he's getting a little longer in the tooth because he's not playing this well and then we get the reveal at the end and i'm like oh okay maybe that's why he didn't seem all that on point as nick fury and i absolutely loved uh, Tom Holland and Zendaya as they were doing that back and forth team romance thing going on. I I mean, from homecoming to here, I feel like it's a totally different MJ character. And I like it. I like what she was showing that, you know, she was smart enough to figure things out about what was going on with Peter. The fact that she was playing coy with him and, and not really, you know, hope guarding her emotions because she really was feeling him. But, you know, I guess, you know, when you're a teenager, that's kind of how you behave. And I liked at the end in my movie, and I guess it's, this is a spoiler in my movie theater. The first applause that this film got was when MJ kissed Peter and it was a bunch of girls behind me. They were going, ah, oh, my God, oh, my God. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and I was looking up like, what the fuck? Like, damn. The second applause in the theater was when they were in the airport. And I can't remember who did it first. I'm going to say MJ reached and grabbed for Peter's hand. They started, they started clapping and, oh, my God, yes, 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 yes. And I was like, wow, they're really invested in that romance, in their character development and all that. I mean, we'll get into, you know, the finer things of the plot. But overall, on my second viewing, which was with the commoners at the old Magic Johnson Baldwin Hills Theater, it, uh, since, I had, since I knew everything and my expectations were tempered, I enjoyed the film a whole lot more. So I'm going to say, Mike, I think you need to see it again. And you probably, you know, after you realize, okay, what this film is not going to be and enjoy it for what it is and what they're giving you, which is a teen romantic comedy that's in the backdrop of a superhero, you'll enjoy it more. Right. All right. I can, and I can see that. I, I can definitely recognize that, that what they're going for with this movie. I just, it's just, uh, you know, it's just one of those things, I guess I have to wrestle with. And this is a thing with Marvel, probably unlike other movies is that their movies are so tied together but a lot of these movies are very different in tone mm -hmm. and when you have something like Endgame that it was so like you know 
incredible and serious. It's it's a shift to come right after, and it's like right. okay, now right? Because when to I teenage <laughs> romance, yeah. things, uh, okay. But because when I walked out of the screening last week, I, I was like, okay, I hated the first half of the movie, but then when I saw it again this week, I was like, wow, okay, I really like the whole movie. All right, all right. Uh, Q Storm, what's your take on this? <clears throat> well. I heard what you said, Mike, and a lot of stuff I was trying to remember because I wanted to piggyback off of it. You said something about, and this is not really getting to the meat of my review, but you said something like uh, this Spider-Man, it's like he kind of, you said it right on the head how I feel one of the problems I have with Tom Holland, who I really had high hopes after seeing him in Civil War and what was the other, uh, in the Infinity War and um, in Yang. I think he's a very charming, charismatic actor. I, I don't know if it's just the script or the direction. He's he's not where I think he should be as Spider-Man. And I said where I think he should be, yes. Uh, <clears throat> all the things to me that made Spider-Man charming, made Spider-Man a unique character. You know, he's a, he's a genius. He's a high school kid who's a genius. He created his own costume. He built his own web shooters. He created his own web fluid. He's a resourceful kid, which that that's what uh, brought me to him in the Ditko, you know, uh, Stan Lee days. I think they've gotten rid of all of that and they've made him into some sort of Tony Stark clinger on. And it's to me, it's like, OK, I get that they that was the way they chose to introduce him into the MCU through Tony Stark. Fine, because Tony Stark is the for, for better or for worse, he's the linchpin for all of these characters and the Avengers, you know, coming together. So I get it. But after a while, it's like, okay, Tony Stark is dead. That's the creative decision you guys made, whether it was, it was a creative decision that maybe you were forced to make because Robert Downey Jr. didn't want to play the part anymore or you couldn't afford him anymore. But the bottom line is he's dead. Can't we move on from that? I mean, the first 15 minutes of this movie, I felt like I saw more of Iron Man than I did of Spider-Man. So that's just, you know, the whole scene where, where he's using the heads up displays and the holographic stuff to to build a new suit. To me, that's not Spider-Man. That's 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 just me. Um, I thought the villain. Uh, I thought the villain was and I, I, I don't know if we're spoiling this or not. Anyone who's read a Spider-Man comic book, they know who the villain is. Uninspired, just ridiculous. I didn't like, as Mike said, his tie-in again to Tony Stark. And his motivation was just stupid. It wasn't anything interesting. It, it wasn't, I mean, and it's like he, he, he tries to get something from Stark Industries. And I'm like, why do you even need that? You were already doing what your plan was before you needed that. You, you needed to be a fraction better and bigger. It made, that motivation made no sense, particularly in light of the fact that the Avengers and the Endgame brought back half of the universe, literally, in this fantasy franchise, they brought back half the universe. So for his stated goal to be his motivation, I just lost complete interest in the entire movie. Uh, and I didn't like Jake Gyllenhaal in that character, in, in that in that role either. There were only two scenes in this film in this film that kept me interested. That was where. Mysterio was doing all the illusion through Spider-Man because that was visually fantastic. And at the well, this is a little bit of a spoiler. At the end, 
when Spider-Man develops his Spidey senses when he's in the fight. That was interesting. That's when it felt like Spider-Man. Other than that, it was a to me it was just a goofy rom-com. I don't like any of the characters other than Ned. I don't like MJ. I don't know why anyone would be attracted to her. I uh, Flash Thompson. It's like I don't know any of these characters. Like th- this Spider-Man is produced in another universe, in a universe which is has a diverse agenda, which is fine. But I don't recognize any of these characters, and I'm starting not to recognize Peter Parker anymore. So I, I, I'm putting my review together. I, I only gave it two out of five reels because uh, I don't know. I, to come off of Endgame, and I don't care, Mike, you're being gracious. To come off of the triumph of Endgame, to give me this, you should have just you you should have stopped making movies for the for the next three years, and then start this in Phase Four. This was to me it was embarrassing to end phase three on on this note when you had the high note, the brilliance of Endgame. All right. Big, sexy and sack comic book historian himself. Sir, what did you think of this movie? I liked it. You know, uh, I knew going in that, again, like everyone has said, these are updated contemporary takes on a lot of these characters. So for those of us, you know, I definitely include myself in this, who are expecting, you know, Flash Thompson, uh, Mary Jane, Harry, Gwen Stacy, Ned Leeds, all those cats as they were in the 60s and 70s, that's not here. And that's all right. That's all right. Because when those characters were introduced or were experienced by us, we were the age that the people who are experiencing these characters are for the first time are. So when Ant saw the, the young girls, you know, getting all giddy over them holding hands, because it's aimed at them. And that's all right. That's all right. Because Tom Holland as Spider-Man is a young little dorky kid, which is what he's supposed to be. That was the problem I had with Garfield. Garfield was too much beefcake. No. Sp- Spider-Man's a dorky little little guy. And that's okay. Um, the film, it teased of the multiverse, but Mysterio pulled you right out of it. And the thing is, the best part, as I'm watching it, when they showed that... Are we spoiling? Yeah, yeah, we can spoil it. <clears throat> when they showed Mysterio take Parker to a little bar and Parker gave him the Edith glasses, I'm like, uh-oh. I thought to myself, now that's Mysterio. And then the whole illusion just fell away I'm like okay now I see what's going on here and this is what Mysterio has always done always <clears throat> and there are so many little nods to the book and to the original cartoon with Mysterio I thought it was well done and a lot of it a lot of people are missing the end sequences when you have the scrolls you know reveal and then you have and before that you have the whole outing of Peter publicly. That sets up to me Secret Invasion. And if they do that or if they don't do that, they've at least got me and other people talking about it. Was it as big and grandiose <clears throat> as Endgame? No, but it wasn't supposed to be. This was like the coda to a big symphony. I thought it was great. I loved it. I mean, would I, <clears throat> would I buy it or see it again? Eh, probably not. But I still thought it was a great film. It was a lot of fun. 
And again, the ending was was worth it. I I, I like it. I have nothing but praise for this film. All right, and I wanted to talk about the end. You know, the end credit scenes as well. You know, particularly. I'm sorry. Can I ask a quick question? Go ahead. Hey, Q, you said you don't see why anybody would be attracted to MJ. Did you mean because of the way she looked or how the character is portrayed? Her attitude, her characterization. She seemed like not she seemed like one of these angst ridden kids who can't be happy about anything, woe is me. And I, I don't find I don't see how anyone would find that attractive. I can't I couldn't stand her character. Okay. Okay. All right, so to, to go, to go up to the uh, after credit scene, the first one here, uh, and we see MJ. Did they actually ever say her name? I suppose I could look it up, but nope. not in the not in the film. But they established her name as Michelle Jones. Okay, interesting. Oh, so okay. Michelle Jones. I'm gonna call her that. Michelle Jones <laughs> uh, goes like essentially, I guess, goes on a date with Peter, and he's that Spider Man, and he takes her flying her all over the city which I thought was kind of cool and her reaction to it is like, I don't want to do this anymore. And then they show, I don't know if they're at Times Square, but a big video monitor comes on and it starts to play. It's a news flash of, you know, uh, Mysterio's last words that he recorded. And in this, he is revealing that Spider-Man is actually Peter Parker. And in doing this, they also cut to show you that uh, J. Jonah Jameson of uh, I don't know if they actually say dailybugle.net. Maybe it's a website. Yeah. They kind of think mm-hmm. play him like a Alex Jones <laughs> type of dude. <clears throat> but he's like this conspiracy theory dude. And, you know, in brilliant sort of casting, they, they go ahead and get, uh, what's my guy's name again? J.K. J.K., which, uh, God, he's, he's got to play J. Jonah Jameson, uh, James Gordon, uh, but he's back. And, and I thought that was cool. But here's the thing. And that was a great after credits type of scene, but I just feel like that is such a monumental thing to do for the Spider-Man character. I'm very curious where they can go off of that, but I almost feel like I almost wish, you know, to, to nitpick, I'd be very curious of why they would even take Mysterio serious as a hero. Like what, why does he a hero to them? I guess they feel like they don't know that his stuff was faked. I don't really understand. Like his final battle was shown on TV, wasn't it? That Spider-Man broke that shit up and it was fake. So I'm curious why they think he is some, you know, alternate dimensional hero and why they would take his word for it and just play it on TV. I, it just doesn't make sense. I was kind of curious why they're going with what he said. And, this, I could, and, and, and I'll let you answer. And then also just like, blasting out some random person's picture on there and oh he's there i almost wish that would have happened midway in the movie because that's the movie i want to see like at least that sounds a lot more interesting and the stakes are high i didn't feel like the stakes were high in this movie at all because i knew that mysterio was bullshitting even though i didn't know the plot reveal i just figured like he can't be no real shit because spider-man and five fucking all kind of stuff so i was just so I didn't feel the stakes are high, but this obviously makes the stakes high. But I question where they can go from this, because this is where I think you are really taking the character of Peter Parker, Spider-Man out of his traditional element and doing something totally different with it. And we see what happened in the books when they tried to do this. The writers choked, right? They didn't know yeah. what to write after this. So they reset the clock. 
I'm very curious to see if they're bold enough to go there in this movie. They're going to present us a Spider-Man who everyone knows is Peter Parker. So I really want to see how his relationships will work now that everyone in, around him is in danger. That, that would be a hell of a movie if, they, if they're going to go there and, and show that. So I'm very curious. Uh, what were you guys' thoughts on this whole thing? Well, I was thinking that for me, I think they were trying to be topical with these conservative right wing websites that push out these conspiracy theories. And I think my opinion, I could be totally wrong. I think that there is going to be a segment of the population that is not going to take that seriously, especially when they see that um, Spider-Man is this skinny, wimpy, goofy looking Peter Parker. So I think there's going to be uh, something to try to prove that that, that he is Spider-Man. Because when I when I saw that, I thought the same thing. Like, okay, so what? This dude said he's Peter Parker. But we are living in an age where a certain segment of the population, the U.S. population, that if it's blasted to them on news or if it's on Facebook, they take they read the headlines. Damn right. But, but even if, but if Mary Jane, I keep saying Mary Jane, but if MJ can figure out that he's Spider Man. Wouldn't now now that the spotlight went on him, wouldn't the other kids be like, you know what? True. He yeah. actually wasn't around when blah 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 happened. And then the question would be, how did they get Peter Parker's name and picture to put up? Like, why would they just pick some random guy? Like now you've got the whole world under the mic. He's under the microscope, so of course they would. I mean, it could easily be shown that he probably is that dude. Oh, he's got ties to Tony Stark. Ah, yeah, yeah. so I, I I don't know. I'm curi- very curious where they're gonna go with that. Like that's, that's a whole, I, that's a whole different character in my opinion. That's all I had. I can't answer that. I, well, I, I if we're talking about things that didn't make sense, a couple things for me, and I, I mentioned them in, when I spoke. I mentioned one of them when I spoke, and I tried not to spoil, but since we're spoiling, I just I find it hard to invest in the villain Mysterio when his goal is to get more drones, simply to get more drones to make bigger holograms. That's it. And why does he want to do that? Because he wants to be considered on the level of the Avengers in terms of being a hero. That is so lame. Because, again, the Avengers just brought back half of the universe. And that's his plan to become a popular hero? Why Why would anyone care? And like Mike said, they didn't they see him get his ass whooped? Or get, get didn't, they, didn't they see Spider-Man break down the, um, the hologram? Yeah, they exposed. And then, so why, if they know, if it's if it's been exposed that Mysterio is someone who can, who is an illusionist, why would anyone necessarily take it seriously that when he says, "Oh, this guy's Peter Parker," you probably don't know who he is unless you go to his high school or or related to him. But he's Peter Parker. Why would any, why would why am I supposed to think that's a cliffhanger? And the other thing, I, a question I have is the whole thing with the black Spider-Man suit. What was the point of that? I got it. I took it as Nick Fury gave him this black suit because Peter Parker said, and I remember the scene pretty well. He said, well, I can't appear in my red and blue suit because if Spider-Man shows up and people know I'm here, they'll put two and two together. Oh, well, here, wear this black suit and still do the same shit that you always do, swinging around on webs and clinging to walls. No one will know you're Spider-Man. And they didn't. They called him Night Monkey. I'm like, <laughs> are you serious? <laughs> are you serious right now? And he had the same eye, the eyelets looked just like Spider-Man. So what was the point of that? Just a lot of things in this movie didn't make sense. And I'm sorry, I don't believe it was, when he handed over those glasses 
to what what was Mysterio's real name? Uh Ed Beck or something? What was Quentin it? Quentin Beck. Ed Buck. Quentin Beck. When he handed him over to this guy who he's known all of what? A day? Couple days? Yeah, I didn't believe I, that. I, I was like, you screw fuck out of here. Y'all have, did y'all write for Star Trek Discovery last season? Hilarious. Really? Really? Well, I will say this, and I hate to nitpick, but since we're doing this, since we're being paid, I I questioned why they would, one, even give that technology to Peter. Yeah. I understand that the the Nick Fury character was actually a scroll, but I still don't understand why you would turn over that level of technology and destruction of these satellites over the world to a child. I don't care if he is an Avenger. It, if they have the Accords, which did they ever say they abolished that? The, the, what do they call that? The something Accords? From the Civil Sokovia. No. Sokovia, Accords. Sokovia Accords, which I assume is still in place. Who's this? I know. Well, I, I don't think that's a good question, Mike. I'm going to say no. They well, they never like, address it. They never say it's not. They, you just remember, see Infinity remember, War. The the general is like, you know, you're gonna get court martial for this, Rhodey or whatever, Rudy, Rodney. Remember in remember in Endgame, <laughs> Tony Stark says, "Remember, guys, when it, when he comes back to Earth, he says, remember, guys, I was the one who said we need a blanket around the Earth, right. and that never happened.' Well, Mark he's talking about the Ultron thing, but they never address what happened with the with the Accords and that they were still outlaws. They just they just you just they just forget about it. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm going to assume it's still in effect, or at least there are people who have checks and balances of some degree. I'm just very curious why you would turn over that type of technology to a child. It's just, it didn't make sense to me. I thought there was going to be some kind of catch where they were going to try and take it from him. And like right. Spider-Man would have had to prove that, no, this I could understand. But just that they blindly gave it to him and then he could just turn it over to anybody he wanted to. I was just kind of like, eh. And, and another thing along that same point, I mean, to me, this is why the screenplay just didn't work for me. It's Nick Fury, the guy who was uh, the most biggest guy in S.H.I.E.L.D., biggest guy in S.H.I.E.L.D., and he's going to Spider-Man suggesting that Spider-Man needs to step up to take the place of Iron Man? Well, that's the thing. It's not Nick Fury, but it does beg the question, why is Nick Fury turning over such important work to some alien? Right, but I'm saying, but Nick, I'm sure the scroll was was acting under Nick Fury's direction. Like, do this, do this, tell him this, you know. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I don't, it doesn't make... I, I kind of was curious, like, okay. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, there's a lot of little things like that that didn't make sense to me. And at the end of the day, too, only because this is Marvel set the precedent of this, I don't buy that there's no other heroes to come help. <laughs> All these cats is around, and you just had the end game event go down and now you have this threat. You're supposed to be, you know, going to burn the earth and you ain't got nobody else. I don't, I don't believe. Yeah. I'm with you on that. I don't don't believe that. There's gotta be, there's all these other heroes. There was a whole army of heroes that came at the end of the end game. There's somebody else that can come in and help this kid. Not somebody who you ain't never heard of before Mysterio. And now y'all, you know, juggling his nuts. I, I didn't understand why they were <laughs> like following what he had to say. I was like, huh? Here's another question. What what was the point of introducing the lie that he was from a multiverse? What did that do for the plot? 
I'm, did well, I, I guess, something? well, you're probably just trying to say that people need to hear something crazy. They would believe it. I think it's a, it's a, it's a trick to us as the audience coming off of Endgame that you would, might think that that's real. You know, in terms of it moving the plot, I don't know, but I can see why they threw that in there to mess with us uh, to, to want to believe it. That's what I think it was, a little red herring to get us thinking one thing and then they have the reveal in the bar that Mysterio is really Mysterio and, you know, we, we go that way with the illusions. But how, I mean, how would it have, how would it have changed anything? How would it have, you, you didn't have to introduce that and you still have a a story, albeit in my opinion, a bad story, but you still have your story. I don't get why they throw that in there. I, I don't. I don't see why you don't. Why they need to? Th- you know, it's economy of screenwriting. I, you know, if you don't need something, don't introduce it into your plot. That I, I, that's to me. That was what I was taught in the first day of uh, film school. I, I just don't. I don't understand half the things that they did in this movie. They weren't necessary. Why was it necessary to do the scroll thing? Just to say, ah, right, let's do some fan service. Again, the scrolls to me setting them for secret invasion. Which I could see that too. I, I guess it's the it's a different. Maybe it's the Cree who are the secrets, because they do make a mention that there's some Cree, yeah. you know, people hiding on Earth or something. But again, they went to they went a direction in Captain Marvel. Where the where the the scrolls are sort of the good guys, so that sort of throws that whole sort of thing on its head. See, right there, that's bullshit. Right, that's what I'm saying. But they have to go with that now because that's what they they don't. Wait, 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 Mark, that's bullshit. Wait, it is. I've been told that the scroll that there are more than more than evil factions of scrolls. I like to see them. Now I take that back. During the John Byrne run, uh, there was a princess. I think her name was Arnell or something like that who was not as malevolent as other scrolls, which is a possibility. But when the scrolls landed on earth initially back in FF number two, I believe they were here to colonize. Then after that, they got dealt with. Then you have the whole Cree scroll thing in Avengers. Now that you have the Cree running around and you got the scrolls running around, it's very possible instead of secret invasion, they could be setting up a Kree scroll conflict. Yeah, because when, when I saw the reveal of uh, Maria Hill and Nick Fury being scrolls, first thing that came to me was like, "Oh shit, they've been they replaced them." They got grabbed I'm like, up. I'm yeah. like, "Were they killed? They've been replaced them." And then when they showed that they were working, I was like, "Oh!" And of course, you know, the reveal of Sword. I'm like, "Okay, this is pretty dope. They're doing some big things." What is Sword? The space version of Shield. Yeah, is that where Nick Fury was when he was chilling? Is that what that was? Yes. And the thing is, Sword is also integral to what Secret Invasion. Yeah. I, I, again, uh, they got a lot of groundwork, and maybe this is like the that first time we saw uh, the face of Thanos many years ago. Which movie was exactly. that? Exactly. Which Which movie was that? Avengers. Okay. At the very end, where they show Thanos, that was the Avengers. Yes, that was Avengers. Okay. So maybe they're doing something like that, and we're ten years down the line. I guess you know, we'll, we'll see. And how many films were there that we saw hints of Thanos before we actually got him in the film? It was three. See? It was that one, Guardians of the Galaxy, and uh, was it Dark World? I can't. I can't remember. No, I can't. I can't remember what the third one was. 
I don't even remember. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so but, go ahead. No, nah, but I just I, I just really want to echo that I am so glad we because people have been wanting Mysterio to be in films since Spider-Man 1. I am so glad they waited to 2019 because fuck. Those mm-hmm. action scenes were bad ass. I, I was in the Discord chat, I said I wanted to see this in 3D because they look so dope. And they, of course, I was found out to be disappointed that they didn't take advantage of 3D, but that shit had me, uh, that shit was just dope as hell. I mean, I knew immediately, in my opinion, that uh, that Samuel, that Nick Fury that picked him up at the train station had to been uh, an illusion. But when they did the fake out with Maria Hill disappearing and then uh, Nick Fury showing up at the end to save him. I was like, okay, well, maybe not. And then once again, they faked you out again. And that freaking hallway screen scene, I think that might be that might be close to that Darth Vader hallway scene. Huh? Was, what scene are you talking about? Where Spider-Man had to go through all the drones to get the Mysterio? Mm-hmm. I said it might be close because that was badass as well. It was on a bridge or something. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was a good scene. That was one of my favorite scenes. But by that time, I was like, Okay, I spent I, I got twenty minutes of good movie for what I paid for the ticket. See, the thing with the Mysterio thing is, once you realize what it is, to me, there's no stakes. Like the dude ain't, he's not gonna exactly. squab to toe to toe. Yeah, he's not squabbing toe to toe with Spider Man. It's just a whole bunch of smoke and mirrors. Now, the only thing that was he got dope, hit by a train. Yeah, I, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> the only thing that was really dope, and I wish they did this. This could have been the movie was that whole thing where he somehow tricked Spider-Man to thinking he's in a whole other environment. Those scenes were fantastic. I think Q brought that up earlier. That, to me, would have been the movie. It would have opened the door where you could have done anything at that point, and it didn't have to make necessarily a lot of sense. You know what I mean? Because that, that stuff they were showing there was dope. I would have wished that he was able to trick like a whole city or something and had that going on. Then you could open the door and, and just introduce all kind of shit and it would have been dope because you don't know what you're doing. You don't know what's real and what's fake. And I just think they should have focused more on those types of scenes. To me, that's where I see the technology. Like if the real thing was people want to get that technology and use it for something else and they got to take that down. But again, to me, it was just another example of I knew this was a one and done villain. And I'm like, the man, they need to create some real bad guys here. Like everyone can't die at the end of the movie all the time. It's, it's got to be some sort of lasting sort of thing. That, to me, that's what part of Spider-Man is that he had villains that was on his ass. You know, that was his rogues gallery. Everything now is just one and done, man. Or where was the fucking vulture? Like, they didn't even... They could have went back to that a little bit or something, but I, I don't know. Maybe they're working up for that. Mike? Oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I think you said something about a half hour ago that I was, I had my mic muted, but I was completely on board with. This When they revealed Peter Parker, that should have happened midway in, in the movie, and they should have written something a lot better where Mysterio does become New York's latest hero, and everyone's applauding him, uh, Mysterio Day or something, and th- th- then the, the last half of the film is how does Spider-Man get out of this mess? How does he prove Mysterio is a fake and get his identity back. That now that's a movie I would have wanted to see. Yeah, but this thing about where he he just wants to be a hero, he comes off like a little bitch to me. <laughs> that's all you want, because Tony Stark. You it reminded me of your man from uh, Iron Man Three. I remember you clowned him, Mike. He's like, 
this this punk ass dude is cock blocking Tony, talking about I got this invention, I got this invention, and Tony Stark brushes him off, and then he spends the whole movie being a bitch and trying to get back at Tony. That's the mm. same. That's the same character. You just also reminded me. I saw this on a YouTube video. I, I don't know if this is considered canon. I, I, I assume it is. It's where they got it from. They're actually saying now that Peter Parker was character was actually in Iron Man two, and it was at the expo. I guess the, the oh, last Lord. part of the movie. That's- there was the kid that had the Iron Man helmet on his head, and Tony kind of saves him or something. They're saying that was Peter Parker, and he's always been like a super fan of Tony Stark type of deal. And, this is why he is so on Tony's nuts. And, uh, you know, again, I get it in the context of these movies. You know, they've tied these characters together. I don't remember Homecoming as well or Civil War when they talked to him about it. I think they vaguely mention it, but I do question the motivation of him being Spider-Man like they they assume us as the audience knows the mythology of Spider-Man, I guess. But I just feel like you can't really have a... It's, I don't know. It's just something weird about the story to me when you don't really have a true motivation or they don't actually explain the motivation of the character, whether if it's shown in flashbacks or there's a something. Why is he continuing to put that sit on, the suit on? Is it to be like Tony? And if that is, I can understand it. But it just to me, you take it's the core of the character that's missing from Spider-Man, in my opinion. Again, whether it's it seems to be working or not, but I'm just to me, all these heroes have to have that something. And I don't, I feel like they skipped that for him. Even if it's not the, if even if you don't show Uncle Ben, to me, the whole central core of Spider-Man is with great power comes great responsibility. That is not in this character so i'm curious what is in this character like why is he doing what he's doing and that that is that is another piggyback on what i was saying they've taken away what to me made spider-man unique parker's resourcefulness they made him into too much of a dork and you again hit it on the head that is the whole driving force behind why he puts on the suit you know he, he puts on the suit because of what happened with his uncle. Now, we got back and forth. We went back and forth, me and Sean, I think, on Discord, where I'm like, listen, all I'm saying is I don't want to see the Ben story again either, but I want some acknowledgement of it. I, I I need more than Tony sitting in a bedroom creepily with with Peter Parker talking to him, and he mentions Uncle Ben one time. I don't even think he said Uncle Ben. He said, I lost a relative. And Mike, I, I agree. That is not. This is not. Spi- this is like an. All, I don't know. It's, it's not Spider Man as I have grown up knowing Spider Man. I know I'm older and they've changed the characters around, but if you don't have the core that make these characters worth following for sixty years, and I mean, then all bets are off as far as I'm concerned. Uh, uh, Mark, I'll use this phrase again. The name on the marquee is Spider Man. Not Uncle Ben. <laughs> right, but that doesn't... Again, you could do that with any character. Like, if they put a Batman movie out and he doesn't... And, and they don't explain why he becomes Batman, you have to ask, well, what's his motivation for being Batman? Yeah, I know the name is on the marquee, but the story don't make... The stories have to make sense. It don't matter whose name is on the marquee. Otherwise, it's a, it's a, it's a faulty story. It doesn't really have any weight. It's flat. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't have to show... 
the Wayne parents being killed. But you do have to give us an explanation of why is this guy super obsessed being what he is? Oh, he's obsessed because he wants to fight Superman. People will be looking at you like, eh, okay. But when he fights him, then what? So when he becomes yeah. Tony Stark, yeah. then what? Why does he doing? Why is he risking his life and his? Why is he and now in the next movie? I guess why is he going to risk his uh, friends and family being killed to putting on that suit to please Tony? Huh? Why? Why? Is, what's the responsibility? Why is he doing this? Like, well, you know what I'm saying? So I'm curious how you're going to keep going further with the character when you you're going to have to deal with him as a character at some point like he has to grow right so why is he growing what's the change so that, it can't be just because his name is on the marquee that, that that's fine but that ain't the story we're not paying to see the name on the marquee we're paying to see his story you can fool us for a little bit right you can ride the coattails of the, the iron man movies but now that Robbie Downer Jr. is not in the movies, you have to tell your own They say you have to put in your own work. At some point, they're going to have to make him be something. He can't just be Angus and, oh, I'm unsure. At a certain point, he has to change. And you brought up a good point about Luke Skywalker on the, on the Discord. But every movie Luke Skywalker was in, he made a change in every yep. movie. He was different every time. And it gave yep. you reasons why he was different. Yep. So, I don't hashtag, know. hashtag he's right you know <laughs> so I'm like an evil villain like what the fuck Hilarious. but again uh, and I feel the same way with Captain Marvel but at least in the Captain Marvel movie they do tell you why she is doing what she's doing whether you know whether it sort of makes any sense or not at least it gives some sort of motivation do they though well, I, you know, I watched it again the other day, and guys, it's a terrible movie, and I hate to say that, but I, I could, I was like, this is pretty bad. She's shoehorned into it without sort of a reason, you know, that doesn't really earn its spot, and I almost feel like they're doing Spider-Man like that, which I hate to say, because he's a great character, and you don't have to do him like that, but I understand why they are doing him like that. Again, Sony wants Marvel to help so they can be a part of it and they can make money. I get that. But at some point, he's, you have to have him be Spider-Man. Like It doesn't have to all... They, all these movies are tied in together. I get it. But even Black Panther at least establishes why he's doing what he's doing and why his character can grow. Just haven't, I just feel like you haven't seen the growth of this kid yet. And I think they're not showing the growth because he doesn't really have a motivation. Like they don't really show that to you other than him, you know, cock jocking Tony Stark. But do we really want to see Peter Parker be the next Tony Stark? That doesn't make any sense. Nope. But again, it may make sense to people who are fans of these movies. So I do understand that it will probably work for people who don't have the knowledge of the character. I get that, but I'm just curious in the long, you would have never, I'll say this and I'll shut up. Spider-Man would have never survived all these years if he was jocking Tony Stark to be a character. It would have never worked. It would have never lasted. So I'm curious how they are going to overthink and do better 30, 40 years of more of story building of a character. And they're going to do it like this. I'm curious how in the long term it will run. It would, it would be a totally different character. And hopefully it works. You mentioned earlier <clears throat> about um, sp uh, Spider-Man's 
group of villains. Mm-hmm. Keep in mind, there is a lot we haven't seen in this new Spider Universe. I don't believe True. we've heard the name Osborne yet. We have not. It's almost so if they that, don't. It's almost if they don't want to use that. I don't think it's because maybe the other two movies had Green Goblin. I'm, I'm not sure, but and they were terrible. I wouldn't. Those say iterations were terrible. That, yeah, that Chrome I, I, outfit. No. I think it's just because they, um, you know, it, it, they've seen. We. I think they feel, and I agree with them. We've seen Green Goblin, Osborne, and all the previous movies. Let's let's do something different. And that's fine. But they are still there in the pocket. You know, there's a lot of people in the, in the Spider-Man's gallery of villains to mine from, especially now that Marvel Studios has control of these films. So I expect when they expose Green Goblin, it'll be done closer to as it should be than that Chrome Willem Dafoe nonsense. I, I'm here's what I'm saying. I'm gonna I'm willing to bet you will not see. A Green Goblin during Tom Holland's run of Spider-Man. I take that bet. I don't think they'll show it either. I think they should, but I don't think they will. Only because they probably feel it's too too close. To, but to me, the thing is, well, you got Spider-Man in all these movies, and they ain't too close. I mean, if you'd have thought that was the case, why even make this then? Because we just had another Spider-Man movie. If you can do it better, then do it. Now, if you feel like you can't do it better, then don't do it. But to me, that's Spider-Man. It's, it's, it's no different to me as Joker. Some people will feel like the last Joker was trash, and I can understand that. But at least they say, you know what? This Batman, y- you got to have Joker somewhere, even if they don't have the balls to put him in the same movie with Batman. He has to be in this universe. Let's do something different. Did they do it better? Most would say no. I would say he was very interesting. <laughs> I was very curious to see what he was. But I feel like you have to have a Joker in the movie to be with Batman otherwise it ain't I mean yeah you can have all these other ones but give us we want to see the shit man give give me the real shit just the same with this when you say Spider-Man somebody going oh Green Goblin oh uh, no let's I, I go think Dr. I think Dr. Octopus or, or Dr. Octopus again another one that they ain't gonna show but I'm, you know what I'm saying he has he has characters that are synonymous with his name which I don't think they're going to do on this they're gonna show the ones that they've never shown before and again, they're going to be one and done type cats, which I think you is know, a mistake. You know, you know, the issue that I, I said, I think we're not going to see the goblin because I, well, I mean, let's, I'm going to say Tom Holland's total, maybe three more films at best he, he'll do. And I, I think they're, they're still going to the producers will be like, well, we've seen Green Goblin too many times before. But the problem is, I was thinking, well, what about Electro? Or oh, they fucked that up in the Garfield version. Well, what about Dr. Octopus? Eh. He was all right, but all the other characters. So they got to go. I think they need to go to Rhino because we didn't get a good Rhino. No. Like, I think they go to Rhino. But they did show a Rhino already. I know, but it was only like it was a, trash. <laughs> right, we didn't. Right, so we didn't get a real Rhino yet. Uh, we got to go with um, uh, what's your ah oh, damn? I just had him. What Craven? Craven, yeah. Um, and it, I think we could stand to see another Sandman because. Because that one we saw in, um, what was it, Tobey Maguire? How long ago was that? Spider-Man 3. And that wasn't well done either. Well, you know, I, it's the thing. See, it's, it's tricky because I, I feel like I, I, I respect that they did show those characters. I, I respect that they put Venom in the movie, though. I feel like it was maybe overpacked 
but at least they was like, well, we're doing Spider-Man, so this is what we're doing. Now, they've brought Venom back, right? It was in a hugely successful movie, which I thought was trash, but oh, it was garbage. people like, obviously people, a lot of people want to go see it. I liked it. Yeah, a lot of people want to go see it. It does have, what's his name? He played Bane. I can't think of his name. It's a phenomenal actor. Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy that plays him. To me, I would be like, listen, we need to have Tom Hardy and this cat in the movie, man. Like, that's Venom. And we got Spider-Man. Now, I understand they're probably getting pushed back from Marvel. Like, I don't know if I want to introduce that to the Marvel Universe right now. But, I mean, at a certain point, they got to decide. Here's the thing. I'll say this. They are probably more so Marvel Cinematic Universe storytelling than they are character storytelling in terms of Spider-Man. It would be the same thing I would say with Captain America. Though, I feel the Russos have a love for Captain America and they made sure that he was represented well in these movies, but I always felt like we should have saw some resolution between Cap and Red Skull. Like, that's how the movie started with him fighting dude then you have that character in the other movie and they don't even, they're not even seen together. To me, I thought that they should have shown that, but they made sure to show that Captain America had an arc even through all these other movies. But I think that's the Russo's making sure that, no, we're going to make this, we're going to do this character right. Other than that, a lot of these characters are more to service the greater situations going on. I guess we will see what happens with Black Panther. I feel like he'll have his own thing. But Spider-Man, the character to me who is their biggest character, he's treated as if he's a sideline character, in my opinion, in these movies. He, he's not really being given the same level of oomph that these other characters would be. Well, I would assume he would be given more because he's their main one. But I, I don't know. I just feel like this is a disservice to Spider-Man. Like It works in the context of these movies. I just don't think it works in the context of Spider-Man. I, I may be repeating myself, but... You know, you, you mentioned something about instead of them doing a exposition of the Spider-Man villains, this could be a bigger thing within the Marvel Universe with these films. And if that's the case, I'm okay with that. But if that's the case, that means we're going to see Secret Invasion, maybe a Kree-Skrull War. Hopefully from there we'll see Siege. And when you get through all of those event-type things, if they go that route, then you can break it apart and start doing the individual stories. So this could carry the Marvel Universe film franchise for, God, another 20 years. I don't see that happening. I don't, I don't see it happening either, but I'm saying it could be a plan. Because didn't Feige or someone, was it one of the producers, they said they want to go more cosmic now? That's why they're doing the Celestials and Again, another guard. They're going to the get past all that. And once they get past those stories, you're going to run out of uh, cosmic and big crossover event type things. And you got to come back down and start talking about these characters in their individual context. Yeah. I, I will say this. I hope that the next Spider-Man movie, we've seen enough of the, oh, this is a John Hughes superhero movie. We're we done oh, with God. that. I'm, I'm done. With, I mean, <laughs> yes. Let's, let's, okay, cool. We're cool on the rom-com. Now, can we see some, can we see a serious Spider-Man? Now, let's see... Uh, a young man becoming a man and having to deal with some real loss or close to home stakes. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to see the first love, you know, first love puppy love story 
I'm cool on that. Now, again, I know they won't make these movies for me, so I can get that. But I don't think we're going to get what we're talking about until they move past. You can't. So the next one, it can't be like some puppy love rom-com if it's going to be some serious comic book. It, it ain't going to work. But to me, it's, it's two different audiences. Yeah, pick what they're going to do. And they may just pick, keep doing the rom-com. But I'm cool on that. I want to see the comic books come to life. They wasn't rom-coms or teenage you know, high school Mark, dramas. They was on Mark, some shit. Weren't they? Not, were not they? all the way. No, they had some high stakes. Gwen Stacy got killed. They was doing. That wasn't with, until one twenty one. That was that was a way into the run. You, you took it where I was just about to take it. See, I, I, I disagree with you a little bit. That I think the Spider Man, particularly in like the John Romita era, even earlier, I do think there was some romantic triangle type of stuff with Betty Brant and Gwen Stacy and MJ. But yeah, but I'm just saying of, it ain't got to be goofy. You see what I'm saying? Like, right. Well, that's what that's what I'm getting at. I agree with you in that respect because one of the one of the best things about the Garfield Spider-Man was the scene where Gwen Stacy's killed, and I just can't see the way they've established this Spider-Man universe. I can't see that having any weight. I can't. I, Tom Holland, the way he portrays Spider-Man, I, it would come off. It, it wouldn't be serious to me. Because they, right. they make him too goofy, like you're saying. But see, he but can play, he but, the- but but when you, I'm sorry, but when you see him in like the little scenes he has in Endgame or Infinity War, you can he can actually not be goofy and be like, Mr. Stark, uh, uh, you know I mean? He can exactly. give us some that's stuff, it. so I want to see that in his movies. That's but, what I'm right, but so it's more, right, so that story allowed that, that's why I said, I don't know if it's, that's why I said, I don't know if it's the direction that Tom's been given or the story, but the Endgame story, yes. He can't be a dude. Well, he was kind of a doofus in that movie, but yeah, there were scenes that were scenes that were written where he needed to be there and he delivered. But we don't get that when he stands alone in his own films. That's the problem, right? Yeah, I mean, like I said, but you know, we'll see. Uh, you know, I, go ahead, Aunt, you say what you want to say. I'm, I was like, but there was the scene on the jet between Peter and Happy Hogan where they were breaking down, crying. Talking about I miss Tony, so you did skip that scene. But that's a lot different from a from thinking that they can successfully write a scene where someone he loves dies in his arms. It's a totally different different dynamic. I believe they can do that because again, I don't know what they're doing, but that could be why they introduced Michelle Jones. She could be the sacrificial lamb at some point. It's it's quite possible. Then you shit on Gwen Stacy then? Say that again? So then you just disregard Gwen Stacy's role in that iconic... Have they introduced Gwen Stacy in this universe? I'm I'm assuming... Who cares about Gwen Stacy? They they didn't bring that. Why do we care if they... That they they shit on what they did in the comic books when this is the movies? Well, that's what... Yeah, they would either have to use MJ or... What's his name? Ned? Yeah, or Aunt May is one of those types of characters, but they got to do something. That's yeah, somebody's got to go. They got to do something to, to raise. See, to me, they actually need to make him be Spider-Man, and I don't think he's not going to be Spider-Man until we see the sacrifices. So they're not going to show you Uncle Ben, so they got to be one of these other characters going to make this dude have to man up. And yep, they've been maybe they've been setting him up for that in the next movie. They'll do it. But that's the change I need to see. I need to see when he becomes Spider-Man. He's still a boy playing games. 
even though he's been in the biggest battles of mankind, they need to make him be that dude. And he ain't going to be that dude until we see that sacrifice. So one of these, and that's the storytelling. One of these characters got the fall. But I think, no, I'm not going to say a thing, but I, I saw in this film, he looked to be running away from that. He said he was avoiding Nick Fury because I'm, I, I don't want to deal with this. Right. Well, that's like, I wanted to be I wanted to be a superhero, but until it was time to be a superhero. And now he's like, you know, what? actually, I think I want to be a kid. Uh, maybe I like being a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, just like he did at the end of Homecoming. Like, yeah, let me stay where I'm at here. The Avengers stuff, I thought it was cool, but let me stay right here. And then he went into the battle uh, for the fucking universe and got murked and then came back. And he's like, OK. I want to, I want to, it's like one, he's probably still traumatized watching Tony Stark die in his arm. And two, he wanted to be a kid. Right. Then he hasn't had his, with great power comes great responsibility moment yet. (laughs) So they need to give him that. And then he will rise up as the hero that he is and understand that it ain't easy. You got to do what you got to do. And, and, and until that he'll, he's, that's why in my eyes, he's not really being Spider-Man yet. And maybe it may be a clever play that they do it over right. three movies. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. But we'll see. I don't. They, they may not. You know, Luke wasn't a Jedi in A New Hope. Right. But Luke he was still met a the hero. Call. Yeah, May was still a hero. He met the call of the, the, of the challenge in every movie. He didn't shy yeah, away got, from it. To be honest, it was almost, in a sense, anticlimactic that he appears as a Jedi in the third film. I mean, we expected it coming, but he proved himself worthy in all the films. And actually, he, so, he didn't come. Yeah, he didn't become a Jedi after he faced Vader, but he rose to the challenges in each movie and he had his sacrifice. The first movie, his uncle and them got killed. He, You know what? I can't stay a kid. I have to go to the call of adventure. I have to go to this. And then he even sees another sacrifice of Ben. Okay. The shit is high. I have to fight. And he becomes a hero and wins the battle. The second one, he goes to the training. They tell him, you can't go. No, I have to protect my friends. I'm going to the call of the battle. Even if I have to lose, I'm going. And he loses. Third one, he comes back. Oh, this is nigga's season. So no, not, not quite. You have to face your daddy. You have to deal with. And then he's like, yo, even when the, 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 the the call of you can join the dark side come with me son within but we're gonna get your we're gonna get your sister no i'm going you know what i'm saying so he always every movie always met the challenges and, and dealt with the dealt with that peter hasn't done that yet and that's why it was such a bitch ass move and last last year no i'm not going i'm gonna send a projection <laughs> i'm sorry i'm off I'm sorry. i had i had i couldn't resist now let me let me let me nigga explain that away. Listen, <laughs> he was tired, but he knew. You know what, Mike? I'll buy that. <laughs> I, I, okay, I can get with that. Although Obi Wan was like, "Shit, I'm tired too." But damn, Luke. But but the I'm thing gonna take is, lightsaber for your ass. But but he knew that. He, but he, but actually, he's now we're going way off topic. But he went there though, even mentally, because he knew he was gonna be the spark for everybody else to rise up. So I still have to, even though I'm not going to leave this island, I'm going to send a projection on myself because I know how important I am to everybody. And if I don't show up in some capacity, then I can continue. 
So he did go there just to spark everybody else to keep fighting. It's just not the way we would want him. To I wanted to see him really get it. Yeah. Pop. I got Mike. I got Mike triggered on Star Wars. Yeah. Oh, you know it. Oh, you already. <laughs> I admittedly Spider-Man triggered. Review. I got him talking about Star Wars. Admittedly triggered. <laughs> but anyway, um, so th- that's our Spider-Man Far From. I would say you definitely have to go see it. I'm not gonna tell you not to see this movie. I, I say go see it. It's worth seeing. I'm curious where they're gonna go next. Can I ask Universe? a question, Mike? Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, so I kept hearing people talking about Sinister Six. Ah, oh, they sent up for Sinister Six. Were they saying that simply because what's the name? Eddie Beck. I can't remember the dude's name. Quentin. Quentin Beck had partners that used to work for Stark Industries. That's why they thought they were gonna get a Sinister Six. I don't know. I think people were just thinking that was going to happen based off of the last things we saw from the previous franchise. But I, mean, I agree with Mike because until young Parker faces that moment of loss and rebounds from it and accepts the responsibility, if they put the Sinister Six on him now, they tear his ass apart. But, okay, I just got to say this. We keep talking about when... Parker experiences that loss. Okay, so what you're proving to me is that these screenwriters don't know shit because he's he he talks about experiencing the loss of his uncle. He experienced the loss of Tony Stark, and yet still in this this last phase three movie, he's acting like a goofy kid. What does that tell you? That the script was terrible. I'm not gonna say terrible, but the script did not do Peter Parker justice. He's had that loss twice. And we here we are saying he's got to have that loss, huh? What is it going to take? This is the X Men thing where we saw X Men in the costumes in the what the seventh film or whatever. I mean, these, these producers are just stringing us out because they they have no creative spark anymore. It's yeah, just a problem. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, I can see what you're saying. I I would. I feel like we're for better or for worse dealing with serialized storytelling, and they're probably playing a long play. That's what Marvel does. Some of it's reactionary, some they can throw in later, but they are the masters right now of this type of storytelling. No other movie studio has ever done something like this. Normally this stuff is reserved for TV series, but they're doing it with movies. So again, they may have it planned that he does have a turn like that, or they at least leave in space where they could maybe do something like that. I don't know. But I can't count them out only because, I mean, you can look at the track record, track record of all the other movies and how things have sort of played out. So now I feel like they probably have more of a um, handle of it in terms of, well, we know we're going to be making movies 10 years from now so we can really, you know, set it up. Where before they might have kind of been playing it fast and loose. They're in a, I just feel like they're in a very interesting situation right now they've had such a success doing this and being the first persons to do it now i'm curious how do they do it knowing that they're successful at it and knowing this is what we're going to do like no it is going to be a long play of movies if we would have had that hindsight of 2020 of looking back at the avengers and those movies when they first showed us thanos will we have thought will we have any inclination that we were going to get in game or we'd be like why do they keep showing this dude and they're not really explaining to the audience who he is, whatever. Of course, now we all know what he is and 
they've proven they know what they were doing with that character and how they ended up playing it. So I don't know. Maybe they're just doing the same exact thing and throwing the shit that it won't make sense 10 years later. And then we'll be juggling their nuts. Man, that Secret Moors movie. Oh, man. Man, please. DC need to hang it up. You know. And so maybe they're just doing the same thing. I don't know. I, I can't. That's why I say I can't count them out because they track. They have receipts. <laughs> so on one hand, well, Maybe they are. Yeah, they dropping Dark World on us. Yeah, that was trash. And then, again, they know they got an end game coming or 10 years from now. So who? So I don't know, man. I, I give them the benefit of the doubt. I, I can only just follow along for the ride and see how it's going. But my whole point is to say we are dealing with serialized storytelling in a movie. And we... You know, it is what it is. Some of these may seem like shortcomings. There may be a point we look back and say, like, man, that first Captain America or Captain Marvel movie was just like Captain America, the first Avenger. Because to me, that movie, I wasn't really feeling that at the time was I. But now Cap is my favorite character in this whole thing. I would have never said that after that movie. So I don't know. But that's I, I think that's. That's because of creative, the creative people behind the scenes. You know, I don't, I can't remember who directed the first Captain America. Last time I saw it, I could barely get through it. But then they brought on people who were really good. Well, well that's what I'm saying. Maybe they're going to do, keep doing that. And with this character, we may be like, who knows? Seven years from from now, it's another thing going. And like, man. Well, yeah, but so I don't, that's why I can't count them out. You know. Well, I'm not counting them out. I'm just saying this wasn't a good movie. That doesn't mean the next one's not going to be like, oh, shit, that was the, that was amazing. Okay. You know. I got you. Got you. Any other last words on Spider-Man? I liked it. All right. There you go. There you go, baby. All right. Uh, we're going to keep it moving on to some more blurred. I, I hate that word, actually. Thank you. So do I. <laughs> We're gonna get on some blurred conversations. Uh, there's uh, apparently there's a lot of conversations online about the Little Mermaid. Boy, I must have been so far out of the loop. I have, first of all, I've never seen the original. Well, I've never seen the Disney cartoon Little Mermaid. So I didn't know it was this big of a deal. But they have just announced they're going to do a live action version of the movie. I would have been like, okay, <laughs> uh, wasn't gonna see it one, one way or the other. But now I might see it because they have said that they're casting uh, this young lady, Haley Bailey, uh, young sister girl. She is, uh, I don't know if she's a twin. So, yeah, are they twins, her and the other girl? Is her name Chloe or something? I don't think they're twins. Okay, these be sisters. I just know that they're in, a, they're in a singing group that Beyonce put out. That's really all I know about them. And I know that they also were on, uh, or they may still be on, Grownish. Uh, the TV show, which I don't watch anymore. Grow-ish. I've but never I, seen it. But I know they were on that. They were funny on that to me. But uh, since this announcement has went out that she's going to be playing the, the mermaid character, it is apparently all hell is broken loose. You would think that is the top story of the country. Uh, a lot of people, there's a lot of pushback apparently about them casting, I guess, a African-American female in this role, uh, which I guess traditionally was a white woman who's a redhead. Uh, and I think The Little Mermaid is based off of, is it based off of a book? A children's book or something? Um, I 
I think, <laughs> no clue. I think is uh, something Hans Christian Andersen apparently wrote the original. Oh, it's that old? Oh shit! Yeah, I think it's a, it's based off a book or something. I know I know Disney didn't make it up because I know that's, they ain't be doing that. But uh, anyway, so there's a lot of so-called white people. I say so-called because I don't I don't have the receipts, but they're saying that people a lot of pushback on this. I'm curious what you guys think about this. We always talk about this types of thing where they will take a white character and and cast it with the black person or you know, or others, and uh, we have arguments either way. Uh, my quick take on this is, eh, you know, I'm not really, I wasn't really, I had no, I had no, no chicken in the, in the game <laughs> here. I had, chicken. <laughs> I had no pork chops on the line, but I know that my daughters would love this. Uh, if they are already, at least if my older daughter, if she's maybe pretty sure she's seen Little Mermaid, but I know that she would be all in uh, to see this young lady uh, in terms of representation is concerned. Now, I don't know if it affects the actual character at all, the race of the character, but with that, I'd say, hey, cool, man, let's get it popping. But uh, I'm curious what I thought. Q-Storm, do you have any thoughts on this? Well, I, for the last decade, it seems like I've been doing the whole thing about I'd rather see original black characters as opposed to just casting a black person to play a white character, right? And, you know, I've gotten so much pushback on that. It's like, it's not even worth fighting anymore. But for some reason, maybe it's because we live in the Trump era, I'm liking this. (laughs) I just love seeing them respond to a mermaid. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) And the young lady's, you know, she's attractive. I, I didn't know she was in a singing group. She kind of looks like a mermaid, too. Something about her face, her eyes are wide apart. I don't know. She looks like she fits the character. So I'm not, I have to say, I'm not mad at this. I, I just love seeing people just go crazy o- over this. I, 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 so I'm loving it. Can she act at all? I don't know. Um, let me ask you this. So with that being said, would you love it if they announced Idris as James Bond? No. <laughs> <laughs> now, what would be different in this as opposed to that? Because I think with Disney, you're striking at the heart of... This may not be rational, but I don't care. Mm-hmm. You're, kind of striking at the, you're kind of striking at the heart of white America. <laughs> I don't know. And maybe it's because mm-hmm. I just... Because I don't care about the character that much. Ah, okay. I really don't, but I. But here's what I will say. I mean, it's a mermaid, so I don't really care. But I would rather see an original black spy. I think that would be cool. Who would be fighting alongside James Bond? That's why I think I'm more against Idris playing James Bond. I want to see a black. He wants to be the sidekick. He wants to be the black man's sidekick. I didn't say sidekick. You (laughs) said alongside. alongside. (laughs) I said alongside with him. That doesn't mean that doesn't mean he's the sidekick. Yes, it does. James Bond. Yes, yes, really it really doesn't. It really doesn't. But okay. One could so argue Harry that it is a sidekick. Tag team partner? Was she the sidekick? No, right. I'm saying fighting alongside each other. That's what I'm saying. Got it. Okay. I just wanted to ask. Just, just ask. All right. And Pooh, what are your thoughts on this? I am loving all of this shit back and forth. I'm loving the white pieces being triggered by seeing a, a sister cast in a 
a role that has previously been only white faced and I'm enjoying the black people acting a goddamn fool with this. I just, I don't know if y'all saw the Instagram post I put up where they had Deborah Cox singing, uh, uh, Deborah Cox vocals, uh, for, uh, the little mermaids or Ariel's, uh, scene. I'm loving that shit for me. I, I, and the more blackwashing that occurs, the better. You know, white folk and all their kids, they've been having, what, it's been 120 years of um, of movies, of seeing all these white people being portrayed. So I have no problem whatsoever seeing Little Mermaid being uh, race swapped. I have no problems. Captain America, Nick Fury, go ahead, race swap them all. Because if it gets all these races triggered and in their feelings about this shit, where they try to justify, well, why can't Malcolm X be White. Why can't Martin Luther King be white, played by Chris Evans? Why can't uh, Mahatma Gandhi be white? I'm like, fuck yeah, let it happen. Actually, it'd be very interesting to see a white Malcolm X if he was still preaching the same. <laughs> if he was still preaching the same stuff, that I actually would, I would love to see that. That'd be hilarious to me. <laughs> well, I mean, if you uh, follow what's that dude, Michael Rappaport, he swear he's the white Malcolm X. Stop it. I mean, shit, the way he be talking, like man, hip hop. This is real hip. I don't know. It. Yeah, all that shit. Stop. Yeah, uh, yeah, all the yo, all the yo, yo, yo. That's not black. That's that's buffoonery. But anyway, um, <clears throat> uh, big sexy. You know, I saw this coming during the first Batman film when they made Billy D. Williams, uh, Harvey Dent. Mm. I saw this coming. And the thing is, to me, when you're talking creative license with fictional intellectual properties, creations, why not? Who gives a shit? If the girl can act, let her act. If there's something good, let's go for it. Uh, I Didn't we get this kind of backlash during the Jamie Foxx uh, Annie film? Yep. Mm-hmm. It's like, who is she a real person? No, and shut the fuck up. So when people say, well, how about Chris Otis plays Malcolm X? Yeah, Malcolm's a real guy. Sorry, that isn't going to work. Now, what would really crack me up is if we see a Black Panther down the line, he takes the hood off, and there is an iron fist in his outfit. <laughs> Watch people just lose their mind. It ain't but funny, Mark. See? <laughs> It ain't that big a deal. Oh, hey, one of our restaurants is a white South African. It could happen. One of our what? One of our red fellow red shirts. Oh, yeah, no shit. So red shirts were only black people? No, 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 on the, oh, on the podcast. You're so wrong so frequently. I'm talking okay. about our red shirt show. Okay, so I'm asking, what? why is that be shocking? I'm saying one of my friends who is on my red shirt show is a white South African. Therefore, they're all white South Africans. It's not above the realm of possibility that they would want a white Black Panther. Yeah, okay. But it just wouldn't be called Black Panther. Well, they, they would say, well, the costume is black. <laughs> okay. Got it. I'm not along here. I'm saying... Yeah, moving I'm, along. <laughs> we're moving right along here. But <laughs> Um, with this, I've never seen the Little Mermaid. I'm not familiar at all 
with that property. If the live action film, you know, gets produced, great. If it makes money, great. If it doesn't, damn. I like like Mike. I don't have a horse in this race here. I just don't. You know, it's got the interesting okay. part is watching like like Ann said all the outrage. I'm like, really? Are you people looking to take time out of your day for this? Really? Find like, something to do. You know what's even more hilarious is the fact that the original animated Lion King they had white majority white people playing all of those roles, and now the re the rebooted one. It's all black people and nobody said a word. All right. <laughs> Who's playing uh, the Lion King in the in the reboot? I'm sorry, where? Who's playing? What's the, the the young character Simba? Is that his name? Yeah, Jonathan Taylor Thomas played uh, <clears throat> young Simba. Matthew Broderick played hey, Matthew old Broderick. Simba. That's yeah. what I thought. Okay. Yeah, you know. I just feel, to me, I look at it as, uh, you know, you take a big corporation like Disney, they they understand their audience and where going moving forward. And to me, they're just going where, where they feel like the money's at. I don't really feel like they're doing something that's like, oh, well, we, I don't think they're doing it for some sort of like, you know, let's champion the people type thing. I don't think they're doing it strictly for, which I'm not mad at that. They're a business. They just, to me, they just see like, in the next 20 years, what's the demographics going to be? What's the money play? Let's go toward that. As opposed what? to their, as opposed to what I feel like all this talk online is about racial politics. I don't think they give a fuck about racial politics. Like they, they don't. They like, let's get this paper. So it's that's just why funny. we, that's why they have buried Song of the South. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'd like to see a, a, a black washer to that. <laughs> White, what's your name? Here you go. Yeah. Just own that shit, Disney. You know you did it. But it makes them no money, so why would they? Right? They only they, that's what I'm saying. They're playing for the paper. So if it makes no financial sense to promote that movie, bury that shit. Yeah, we ain't gotta show no come around on that. How much dollars is it gonna generate? None. So psh, we don't need to be seen as no heroes. But you know, shout out to the young lady. That's quite a a, a move for her. She, she all her, her name is elevated from it was like one day, sort of like obscurity. The next day, psh, top of trend, yeah. you know, top trending all over the place. So I'll, I'm sure you know. Get ready, young lady. You know you you in the big time. You got the juice now. <laughs> I bet you she's juice. It might. She could be living in hell right now because who knows what kind of threat she's getting. What kind of protection she might need? Because there's some there's some wild cats out well, here. Well, for sure, for sure. That's what I'm saying. Like you, you're in the big leagues, so you know with big, you know, when you're in the big leagues, they gonna come at you. So, you know, I'm sure her team is ready. But you know, in terms of that bank account and everything, I'm sure this is a big come up. You know, it puts her in a whole other. You know, because I would imagine there was probably a lot of other young ladies that were vying from this role. I could the one I would think up off the top is uh, was it Yara. Yeah, uh, my man's yeah. daughter. Seems like there would have been something that would have been a lock for her, which she stars in the TV show that this young lady is plays in. So it's very interesting for the, the 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 star of that show. I'm sure she was vying for that. You got this role now. You got the juice now. You know you about to be in a big situation. So you know, welcome to the welcome to the club, as they say. You know, try and get your money right. 
So there are a lot of uh, there are a lot of uh, uh, fan, fantasy casts, and I, should, I guess would be the best word, um, trying to put Zendaya in that position. She looks the part, but who, who are you talking I think about? Zendaya, MJ from Far From Home. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She looks the part, but I think the reason why they went with uh, Holly is because she can actually sing. Oh okay, they're just singing in that movie. Well, yeah, it's a musical. Okay. I've never seen it. Yeah, yeah, it's a musical. Gotcha. Now, now you know. Of course, the Hoteps are coming out saying, "Okay, you got a black Little Mermaid, but who her daddy gonna be? Who her sisters gonna be? You know, don't just give us don't just give us the uh, the token and then have the rest be all white." Well, hey, get your money. I can see it. I can see it now. She's like, oh, you know, you know, mama is black. You know, she's only half black. Hey, they're all fantasy characters, so I guess it really don't make no difference. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't get it. I mean, in, we, in Homecoming, it was black mother, white dad. Kid, I mean, kids were mixed. But Homecoming? Spider-Man Homecoming. Who was the black dad? It was uh, the vul- vulture. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. I totally forgot about that. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, no. Peter Parker loves sisters. <laughs> 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 but in Little Mermaid, she doesn't have that. a mom. In Little Mermaid, she doesn't have a mom. It's just the the dad. I picked up on that zaddy man. <laughs> Peter, I see you, Peter. <laughs> I was surprised they ain't mad about that. And your man in the hate you give, right? He was he was all over that, wasn't he? I'm not mad at him. Man, they know what's up. But anyway, I just think it's just amazing. How, I'm gonna say it, we find anything to complain about. You got a black little mermaid, but wh- 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 who was the dad? Who's the daddy? What color's the daddy? Don't give us a token. Oh, God. The views expressed by. <laughs> All right. Um, I know we're missing some other thing. What else? Some other stuff that's going on out there. Uh, yeah. Anybody seen Jessica Jones? Who? Any good? Who? <laughs> like my man from Guardians. <laughs> Didn't Jessica Jones come out on Netflix? We never talked about it. I, I haven't. Well, I mean, l- listen. I haven't jumped in. Well, I, I, I guess I played the I played the way you play. Uh... Here we go. Here, <laughs> I'm ready. Bring it up. Come on. <laughs> I, they should have put that shit in the theaters because I, I ain't watching. <laughs> I'll get around to watching. Hashtag that <laughs> So now nah, I ain't seen it play. <laughs> have you? I haven't seen it either. I'm just, okay. I'm you better a, not. <laughs> I wanted to get a review. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I yeah, caught yeah. that mic. <laughs> better not have watched that white woman for <laughs> My people, what ain't this? What ain't about shit? <laughs> that that reminds me, Q. You were bringing up something. Oh, let me say this, listeners. If you haven't already, I invite you get onto our Discord chat. <laughs> it goes down in there. I'm telling you, like it's a, it's entertaining, petty, fun, very. <laughs> uh, but we got rooms on just general topics. We got a prince podcast room we got spoiler movies there's gaming and we'll be adding more stuff as needed but uh, it's just a a daily dose of the michael dean show uh that you can have in the palm of your hand and if you want to 
Here you go. <laughs> well, since you're talking about adding channels, I'm going to need the Ratchet channel to make its comeback. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Own that. Well, you, there you go. Now, see, now you asking for it, but when we say something about it, man, you always don't think Ratchet. Man, why are you talking about me? I ain't on it. <laughs> so here we documented. He wants the Ratchet channel. So there we'll, well, let's set that up. I ain't mad at it. But definitely check out our Discord chat. The link is in the description of this episode. You got to come on there. Shout out to um, some of our uh, people on there. Uh, Sean, he be on there every day, just like everybody getting it in. Uh, Sean, he'll get it. Little quirks at me. Me and Sean go in there, get it popping. Our little pity party, (laughs) you know, going back and forth. I love it. Shout out to Sean. Uh, my man Morpheus. Morpheus, he was in Morpheus. there. You know, uh, Q tried to try to pull a stay in your lane card on him. Morpheus kept <laughs> it, kept it popping. <laughs> you know, so, so yeah, it gets, he went cacao, cacao. He didn't assess the situation. Yeah, you know, it gets it gets it gets popping there. It's got a lot of people on there. People, a lot of lurkers come through, but definitely jump in, man. Don't don't be intimidated. We just having fun. Some people are getting their feelings, but that it is what it is. It, you know, it is what we keep it all on lies. No meetups to beat downs or Temecula. No Temecula. <laughs> <laughs> you know, all that crazy stuff. With all that said, Q, you had posted an article in there. Um, I think it was today about uh, Netflix's budget on their productions or something like that. Oh, they said they were scaling back on the money they spent or something like that. Okay. That's all you got? Well, what was your point? I always have you going to to speak about that. that. I was just just having fun saying, okay, uh, if Netflix is cutting back their money, maybe Ava shouldn't go back there. Maybe she should go back, go put it into theater, put her next project into theaters. I think the difference with that, I looked at that article, the guy who directed that movie with Affleck and whatnot, and I'm not a, you know, giant film head, but I never heard of this guy. So I don't know what his track record is. So for him to get a budget that large and not deliver it, yeah, I can see them pulling his card back a little bit. Ava, Ava's got a track record and a resume, so I think she's okay. Yeah, I think... If I remember, I don't. I didn't read the whole thing, but you know, I guess it was. And I don't know. Again, this was somebody who wrote the article. I don't know if they came with receipts saying this is what Netflix said they were doing, or just sort of their, their opinion of what they think is going to happen. But I think with Netflix, you know, they're they were spending a lot of money on these movies. Uh, excuse me. Hold on. <coughs> Sorry about that. They've had very big budgets on these original <clears throat> movies that they were putting on their streaming service, but. I think the only thing is we don't know the criteria how they judge its success. You know, bringing up the box office totals on that movie, was it Triple Frontier or something? It was the Ben Yeah, yeah. Again, it was a limited release and it was only in the theaters for like a week or something. Of course, it's not going to make that money back. There was, then there was never the intention for it to make the money back that was spent on the production, right? But we don't know what they're using as a criteria for success. So are they just going by how many people watched it? And then how many new subscribers does that sort of thing bring on? How many people does it retain as subscribers that don't leave per monthly? There's a lot of uh, statistics and data that is not privy to us to understand how they 
judge a win. So to have a opinion that they would scale back the money on the budgets they spent is ridiculous. Like if you don't have the knowledge of, of the game, how can you make an assessment of it? Right. So that's what I sort of, when I looked at that, I was like, well, he's not explaining how he comes to this and he doesn't have the data. So it doesn't make any sense. Um, you know, they're, well, they're I, not dealing with box office receipts. Well, I found the original article where everybody is sourcing this, uh, theinformation.com. It says, in early June, the content chief, Ted Sarandos, met with several dozen of his middle-ranking and senior film and TV execs and delivered a blunt message. Be more careful with money. Now, it doesn't say anything about scaling back on budget or anything. He's just saying, yo... If you're going if you're going to spend this money on a film, get a good one. That's what that sounds like to me. Yeah, I mean, again, it's relative because uh obviously they have, you know, Netflix has the type of money that these other movie studios wish they had, right? <laughs> they can spend a hundred something and laugh it off cuz they got billions. These other movie uh studios all their money comes from box office and then ancillary like uh, streaming, uh, sales, DVD, all, and all of those things are going away. And pay-per-view, you know, which is going away. Netflix has hundreds of millions of people signed up giving them money every month. So there's a whole different sort of dynamic going on here. So these movie studios don't have the budgets that a Netflix have because they don't have the the, the, the the revenue income that Netflix has is why Netflix has uh, is valued way more is valued as much if not more than a Disney or some of these bigger companies right so when you're using these sort of uh, determinations of how successful the movie is you have to take that into effect they're not playing in the game of a Disney at least not right now now Disney is going to get into streaming and it'll be a little different but they're not dealing with movie theaters so to me, it's just a whole other different type of metrics that you have to go by. These companies, you know, the Googles, Apples, and Netflix, they got big bank. They're buying out motherfuckers. They're not stressing over the budgets of some movies because they're not, they're not even putting them in the theaters. So they obviously ain't sweating the money because they're not looking for that box office return on investment, right? So obviously, they must be playing by a different game. So to use the old game to determine their successes is a foolhardy play in my opinion which it, it makes no sense because if you was a if it was if you're playing by those rules then you would never spend 110 million dollars on a movie that's not going to the theaters right would make any sense good point yeah so they're not i don't see them scaling back on a damn thing <laughs> right right they would never and have they, those budgets in the first place then if that was the, that was the reason and right now, of all times, is not the time for them to be scaling back with Disney Plus about to debut and Apple getting in the game. Amazon's still out there. You, you got to keep your subscribers and get new ones. Right. Is the Apple platform going to be exclusive to Apple TV or are they going to open it up? I think it'll Don't be open know. to any. I want to say it's open to anybody who wants to have a subscription, but I'm not 100% certain. But it would make sense. Like, why would you put it behind a double paywall? <laughs> well, yeah. it's subscription based and only open to people who have Apple TV. That would be crazy. But I, I don't know. And I mean, I, y'all might laugh at this, but there was the news report that 
NBC was pulling the office from Netflix. So they're losing their, I guess, licensed content as well. So they need, they need to replenish it with something to keep people coming. Yeah. But, you know, <clears throat> you know, things like uh, when they see us and, you know, what's a stranger things. I mean, these are, this is the new, <coughs> excuse me. It's the new way of, of, of doing the game. And, and Disney's about to get in and really shake it up, I think, with Disney Plus, because they're going to be spending big money on content that is not going to the theaters and or traditional TV. Right. They're spending big money on these Marvel shows and Star Wars shows and not skimping no budgets because they understand that the audience expectations that this shit is synonymous in terms of quality with what they see on the big screen. So they're going to make sure that this shit is, feels the same to you. And offer it not in the theaters or not on national, you know, regular TV. They're going to put it behind that paywall because they're feeling as, yo, we need to get 100 million people signed up, giving us whatever, $10 a month or whatever it is. That's where the money's at. And we'll even sacrifice our DVD sales, uh, on-demand sales going forward because you'd be a fool to buy a DVD of Endgame if if you said, well, listen, just give us $10 a month, nigga, you can watch all our movies. <laughs> Anytime you want, as much as you want, you ain't even gotta buy, why would you buy the DVD? So they understand that they're gonna sacrifice those sales that going forward. They're gonna sacrifice all of the traditional, you know, uh, Disney cartoon movies that they've always used to sell and release them on every medium and do a big deal that's over all those movies are going to be on disney plus and so they figure listen we can get all the households pay us ten dollars a month to watch this shit as much as they want they're not going to buy the movies year after year anymore but this is the new game plan so they're in it for a whole long the long-term gun gun and even if it is in the end term going to lose a lot of money because well we got the sacrifice there's not going to be no more dvd sales that's over. We're pushing everybody to go over here. And when we're seeing that across the board with a lot of stuff, uh, music, music, uh, movies, the movie theater, you know, AMC has been doing that. Uh, Regal is about to introduce their plan to do that. Uh, listen, bypass the movie ticket money. And let's get everybody as much people we can pay us pay us twenty dollars a month, nut every month. The curious thing I get though is what happens when everyone signs up for it though. Exactly. <laughs> Do you start losing money then? <laughs> yeah. Where does the money come from to finance things? Well, if you know you got a certain amount of money coming every yearly, you can finance stuff. But the question is, when you start bringing in more than what you are allowing them to get. What I mean by that would be, here's a perfect example, AMC Movie Plus. I remember when I first started using that, you, they had the line where you could cut the line, you know, for all the subscribers, and it would be like 15 people in the regular line, and maybe three people in the AMC line. Now, I went to movies to see Spider-Man, it's 10 people in the AMC line, and there's two people in the other line. <laughs> so obviously it was successful, but now everybody's paying $20 a month and going to the movies three times a week, they're going to start losing money. 
and you're giving them discounts on your concessions, what happens when it becomes successful? Do you raise the price on that to get the loss? Because obviously at a certain point, you're giving away shit for free. You know, if I go to the movies three times a week and I'm only paying you $20 a month and I'm going to see the movie in Adobe Cinema, which is a $17 ticket every nut, but I'm only Damn. going in, if I'm going three times a week, then obviously you're giving me free movies and you're losing money from me. And then you're giving me a discount on the popcorn. Where do you make your money at? At a certain point, you know what I'm saying? So I'm curious on the long term what happens to these services if they become successful and everyone signs up for them. You're, obvi- you're, you're giving more of the bandwidth than you're giving out. I got, I got to think they've done tests, polling or whatever. I forget the term. Or uh, studies, and maybe they're maybe they they're seeing that people don't go to the movies three times a week. Right, I'm assuming they're betting on that. They're the betting is to say that statistically most people probably only go once. But the problem is, what happens when it becomes successful though? When when they what if they actually do what what you sort of push them? What if they actually change their uh, behavior because of this? And now that you've opened the door for it. They're like, well, fuck it. I'll go see everything. <laughs> I, I'm going to make room in my schedule to go see more movies since I ain't paying for the shit. But what happens when that becomes successful? Do they abandon? That's what I'm curious to see maybe six years down the line when everything is always on that unlimited stuff. What happens when they exceed the unlimited? That's what happens to me right now with Comcast. Comcast is unlimited, right? But I can tell you firsthand, I go over my cap that they give us every month on my Comcast account and they charge me extra. So it's not actually unlimited, but they had to do that because they realized most people were cutting their cable and they're watching TV some way. So if I'm watching nothing but Netflix and this all running, I'm downloading content every time I'm watching Netflix and they're saying, Oh well, shit. If we just let them go unlimited, we're losing money. If everyone just starts watching Netflix and downloading all this bandwidth when we're paying for it, Netflix ain't, Who's going to lose? Comcast 10 years later said, we ain't losing. <laughs> damn, net, damn unlimited. <laughs> Charge them an extra 50 bucks. I'm curious what happens when these programs like this, are they going to start charging you extra? Are they going to meter actually what you do? So, well, it's unlimited movies per month. Unless you actually watch three movies a month, <laughs> 30 Unless you watch like 30 movies a month. Well, we didn't mean that much. You got to pay extra five bucks or something. So I'm I'm curious what happens um, because we see unlimited and ain't really unlimited. Because they'll go out of business. Like it is a certain point where people is going to exceed what you're giving to them and you just taking a loss every month and and no business is going to take a loss. So I'm just curious what happens because that's what I'm saying on that AMC thing. I'm waiting in line hella long, and I kind of feel like, well, what's the point of me doing this if I, everyone done signed up? You know, what happens when all the movies are booked up already a month in in advance because everyone got this deal now? Then it's like, well, we're going to have a more exclusive club where you actually pay $30 a month, and you get first dibs. Okay. (laughs) Here we go. But I don't know. We'll see. But with all that said, uh, yeah, Netflix. Well, which when Netflix's answer to my question is they just keep raising the price, <laughs> right? Whether a couple of years they raise the price on. It. I guess the the question would be how far is going to be too much for the customer? 
Well, it's only twenty nine ninety nine a month now. <laughs> like, damn. How's it damn. Go, go back to Comcast? But anyway. Uh, what else is going on out here? Uh, let's see. Little Nas X came out. Who? Little Nas X, Mr. Old Town Road. Oh, Little Nas X. Old Town Road. Okay, go ahead. You speak on that. No, that was about it. I was just saying that's what came out in <laughs> hip hop. Hip hop losing their mind again. Like, how can a gay man be representing hip hop? And it's like, dude, get over it. Which is you why the first, it won't be the last. Which is why I posted that Biggie line because I'm like, if y'all cool with homoerotic lyrics? Then you should be cool with non-homoerotic lyrics from a queer man. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna argue with him because I remember how triggered he gets. Wow. <laughs> but you know, what's so you have a problem with a about a, being gay? No, I don't. I know, but I know so you. Have, you arguing? I'm not. Believe me, I'm not arguing anything. You, you got it. You, you got it. But uh, <laughs> what was funny was I was thinking, uh, you know, with the black, <clears throat> this black singer actress playing. Little Mermaid, I guess you could get Little Nas to play Woody. They <laughs> do a lot of action. There you go. I'll just say it. So I don't even. Just, I don't even know what he's referring to, but I know it's just. It's not good. What are you saying? <laughs> are you talking about Toy Story? No, Little Nas. Didn't he go cowboy? Wasn't he wearing chaps and mm-hmm. uh, what are those tassels and stuff on a, a wearing a country western outfit? Yeah, that's a country western song in his mind. I know, so there you go. Your new Woody, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Okay, and what's the problem? It's not a problem. I'm not trying to make a problem here. I'm not trying to make a problem. I'm sorry, okay, but what was your point? It was just funny to me that we have a black actress portraying a white Disney character. It would be funny to me if we got a black person who looks like he wants to be a cowboy portraying Woody in Toy Story in a live action. Oh, Woody. Okay, okay, okay. Okay. That would be funny, a live action Toy Story. Wow, that would be reaching. <laughs> but I don't put it past him. That would be reaching. I haven't seen Toy Story 4 yet. I want to see that. You ain't missing shit. And that's, how old are you? Who, me? Yeah, yeah you. Christo. 52. Okay. Well, I, I take that into context. I'm saying that's from a 52 year old black man. No, but Toy Stories one, two, and three were good. But I'm like, we're in a new era now, where black people are being, or we're enjoying a little bit more representation. We got a Me Too movement. Whoa, 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 whoa! I'm, I, what do you mean? I'm curious. What are, you, what are you saying? Well, what I'm saying is that when I went to see Toy Story four, I noticed that there was a <clears throat> in this new era that. Toy Story has not really progressed much further in terms of colorizing their characters. There was a scene where they had, uh, it was a brief scene, understood, where there were three Barbie dolls that were helping them escape or do something. All three of them were white. And we all know that there are black mocha chocolate Barbies now. I just got, I don't know, something about the movie just rubbed me the wrong way. It's like, man, y'all staying stuck in... 1999, whenever the first one came out. Didn't you say earlier that black folk find anything to complain about? 
Yeah. Oh, well, you When they're give, but I'm talking about when they're given something, they still have something to complain about. So there's a difference. Your, Little Mermaid is being portrayed by a black character. Fantastic, fine. All right. I'm saying in Toy Story, it's still very homogenous. Four movies deep. Where are these toys located? Is there a are like are they in a toy <laughs> store? Why are these what? <laughs> where are, the, where are the toys located? Yeah, like does does, does a kid own these toys or what? I think you need to see the movie because they're kind of all over the place. They, they're they're autonomous. They move so oh, okay. they're not located in one spot. Have you ever seen a Toy Story movie? Nope. Wow. All right. Well, I I was going to clown you a little bit, but okay, you've never seen one. You've never seen one. Never seen one. All right. So I've I want to see them. I've seen. Oh, hilarious. I've what seen the Toy Story movies, and have you ever seen the? Um, they have like the. I don't. They're not side movies, but they have like little shorts. Have you seen those shorts? There's like a, a there's a there's a Halloween one, and then there's a um, God. I just bought one. Uh, it's like you talking about the ones that they show in the beginning of these movies? No, no, no. These are like side. I hate the mini movies that they have made. Uh, you know they're for sale. Oh, they came out. I think they're like, they must have been between the first and the second one. I'm thinking possibly. I'm, I'm not entirely sure, but yeah. No, I mean, now again, I have kids, so they live and die with these movies. So I had to buy the the, the Land Before Time version, Toy Story, and then there's the Haunted one. Uh, but yeah, they're like, and they're with the real cast and everything. Like, there's these other side movies that they have for sale. I've always seen them ad nauseum. I'm sorry. Are, are these, when you say side movies, are these movies that use the characters from the big movies? Yeah, like yeah. Toy no, Story? I was going to say, it's the real cast oh. from the movie. Yeah, it's like a whole other adventures they got. <laughs> I'm not familiar with this at all. Yeah, you got to have kids. I mean, it would be no reason what you would see them if they don't show them in the theater or anything like that, but they're definitely for sale. <laughs> they are for sale. Uh, but yeah, they, yeah, Toy Story. I mean, but Disney know what they're doing. They have a generation of kids that identify with that and will live that to the day they die so shout out to them but going back to Woody I want somebody just asked you a question I wanted to get an answer on that it's been weeks now have you actually watched When They Will See Us yet Q Storm but you know what face down alright here we go back we're back ladies and gentlemen sorry about that technical difficulties we are back uh, <laughs> it was a cliffhanger after credits question <laughs> <laughs> Q, Q Storm have yes. you seen, and we're how many, like a month out now, I think, or more of the mm-hmm. release of When They See Us? Right. Um, so the question is, now we know when uh, yes. Punisher yes. came when Punisher came out, uh, what are some of the other Marvel Netflix shows? Luke Cage. Luke Cage. Daredevil. Daredevil. Defenders. Iron Fist. Iron Fist. You just brought up Jessica Jones earlier. There's a sense of urgency when it comes to the Marvel Netflix. Well, see, that's not show. to mention that Marvel put Endgame back in the theaters and Hello? he ran out of yeah, so I was, it. I wasn't going to go there. But it, just it, in terms of the Netflix content, have you, Q Storm, watched in its entirety when they see it? Let me back you up for a second and <clears throat> point out that. All those Marvel Netflix shows you talked about, I would take 
on average two months to watch all of those, all six, 13 or 16 episodes. So, you know, I'm in not the chat, sure. you said it was one month, but OK, OK, one to two months um, to watch all those shows. I, I'm not sure why you why you. Use well, those because I, I saw some Twitter comments from your from from months ago or years ago over some of these shows where you were mentioning that you were watching them as they had came out that weekend. So that's why I asked that. No, I've never said that. I actually posted I've, that in the Discord. I've that's never okay. said that. I've never said that I've watched. I've never sat down and watched a Marvel Netflix show the whole 13 or 14 I, I, episodes. I didn't say the whole 13. I said you had watched them when they came out. I didn't say the entire things. So I'm just so I'm clear. When they came out, one to two months. Right. In between them coming out. Yeah, when they come sure. out. Sure. Let's go. Let's red five it back into this. So can you answer the question, sir? Yeah, I just wanted to get to the audience straight that your comparison made no sense. But uh, I was going to watch episode two <laughs> last night. And my wife was she didn't want to watch it because she wasn't up to it. So uh, I didn't watch it. And I planned to watch it today. But then I remember we had to do the show. So I'll probably watch episode two tonight. But I will say, I will say this. I will say this. And I'll be honest. Mm, okay. I haven't, said this, I haven't said this before because I didn't think it was necessary. But I will say it now. Honestly, I didn't really like the first one that much. Okay. So what's that mean? Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. What does that mean? <laughs> Did you like all of the Netflix when you first initially watched it? All of the Netflix, uh, all of the Marvel Netflix ones. Was that a was that a problem where you didn't like the first one? No. Okay. Then why did you bring this up now? I'm just curious. Well, because to me, it's a little bit different watching something that's grounded so much in reality as opposed to watching something that's fantasy. The next Excellent. episode. Can I? Are you gonna let me finish? Oh no, I'm just saying. True. I was agreeing with you. Oh, okay. All right. <clears throat> so you know, I'm a comic book head. So mm. that's something that you don't experience in real life. You don't deal with in the, in the headlines and the newspapers, uh, you know, at all. So with this, it's a little bit different for me. Uh, I did. I mean, it was OK. And part of it is the fact that it's a little bit of a difficult story to watch. Mm. But, um, I, you know, I haven't gotten around to watching the rest of them. I plan to watch them and I'm going to watch the second one tonight. I'll try Please. to get can I finish? Damn. Oh, I thought you were finished. Well, you thought wrong. Okay. You thought wrong. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Okay. Uh, I'm going to try to get the the next two done by tomorrow before I have to leave for, for work. So. So would you be so would it be apt to say that it is difficult for you to watch Black Pain presented in a narrative film or TV setting? Is that what you're saying? Yes, it is. What's oh, okay. That's what's interesting. But what's That's your point? Because you kind of went off on a black historian who made that very statement to you. Yeah, but now let's factor in all of the equation. <laughs> you want to hear that? That's you not, hear not, actually, I don't. Do you think you got something on me? Well, I'm going to talk in anyway, unless you can come and yank my mic. But, you know, um, <clears throat> the difference that I'm... I yeah, also no, said different. was I pause. Also said, I just want to throw a pause in there. Yanking his mic. Well, go ahead. I, I'm not sure why you went there, Mike, but okay. Uh, <laughs> the difference I've also said is that I also don't feel a sense of urgency because it is on a platform that I have readily available 24 seven. Whereas going to see a movie that's also full of pain 
I still feel an urgency to see it because I don't know when they're going to yank the movie. Mm. Mm. Actually, you do know when they're going to yank the movie. You know for you know for a fact that most films have a three month theatrical run at least, and even after three months, you can find those films in those little two dollar theaters. So you probably have upwards of five to six months. Well, you don't live in this area, so you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Oh, so what's the longest running film that you've seen? I don't know, nor do oh, I. Oh, okay. Justify, and you live in the area. I don't have to justify anything to you. I've told you how I feel. If you you have to get you have to work through it. I don't. Bullshit. Okay. <laughs> uh, are you gonna light any more fireworks, Mister Anti America? Oh, here we go. <laughs> any purple fireworks on July Fourth? Did you do any on July Fifth or today? Actually, yes, I did do it on July 5th. It was not dark today, so. Keep them away from the kids next time. We don't want to put your kids in danger. Oh, says the guy that takes his kids to the shooting range, but you want to, you know, what? 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 Oh, yeah, but you see, when you're shooting something and you are in, you have control of the gun. I don't know. Can you control when them sparks go? It didn't look like you could in that Instagram post. You're following me? <laughs> what you say? Wait, what was you're following me? Get out the You're way. You're following me. Oh, isn't that interesting? No, I saw it on Discord. I didn't put anything in Discord, so what are you talking about? Well, you must have put something. Wherever you put it, I saw it. So you're following me, because that's the only way you would have seen it. Okay, so I'm following you. Okay. okay. And? Oh, man. Just a little taste of Discord right there, though. <laughs> <coughs> mm, 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 mm. All right. <laughs> You know, you follow some people to tell your kids, don't do that. Whatever you do, don't do that. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's cute. Yeah. Well, just to go back on topic, uh, I, I hope that you get an opportunity to watch When They See Us. Very good <clears throat> program. Uh, I know most of the culture has seen it already. Some a couple times. But, uh, yeah, man. It's, it's, I, it's I do have to watch. say, go ahead. I do have to say, I am starting, I'll put it out there, I don't care. I, I'm starting to question Ava DuVernay as a filmmaker. Now, I did like wow. Selma. I am. But everything else I've seen of hers, I ha- it hasn't really moved me. Got it. Ah. So you're speaking ill of a black person. Okay. No, I'm not speaking ill of a black person. I'm just saying her work does not necessarily do it for me. Neither does Tyler Perry's. I'm not speaking ill of him. So you put her in Tyler Perry category. No, I'm just saying as an example, <clears throat> I, can, I don't have to like someone's work just because they're black. Well, you haven't seen it actually either. Yeah. I've, seen, I've seen, You've seen some of it. You've seen some of it. I mean, to me, it would be, uh, it would be the same it. way if somebody came to you and was like, you know, I want to go see Endgame, but something happened. I had to leave before the third act. The movie was I. But well, I don't. Mike, I don't get the. I don't get the. Is, can can I'm I finish? I'm, I'm going to do of. you. Can I finish? You know <laughs> but I finish? you you did cut me off though. You cut me off. No, I actually I didn't. But I'm the host. I can do that. But <laughs> but can I finish? So it would be the same if somebody didn't see all of Endgame and was just coming out of their mouth talking about it was okay. You know they did da 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 da. But they didn't get that whole emotional weight of the movie. I'm sure you would be like, you need to see the whole thing first because the words coming out of your mouth. Just speaking, you know, ignorant. You don't know the. You haven't actually seen it yet, and, and unless you say that up front, you can't give a judgment on something. I would say the same thing as someone said about Endgame, right? Because I feel like that is a 
phenomenal movie. If you haven't seen the whole thing, you can't really speak on it. And I you would know, say the like same a- thing about when you see us. You know, to me, episode four is that last battle in game and that whole emotional weight that even if you've seen it a number of times, you still cry about it. I feel the same way about this, but you can only say that if you've seen it. So I'm just but saying, yeah. like, you haven't actually seen it all yet. So I'm curious what you say with a more informed, you know, stance. Like, here's you know, kind of like he said that you shouldn't be saying the negative things about find, uh, leaving Neverland since you haven't seen it. What? I right, Mike? No, I'm saying how you tell Mike he shouldn't, he can't speak on net, uh, leaving Neverland because he hasn't seen it. I don't know what you're talking. I don't know how we got to that, but I'm going to respond to the when they see us thing. The thing that makes what you're saying based in ignorance is that one, ignorance. I, wow, I can make a judgment on the first episode, and I've also said I'm going to watch the entire thing, and I can also make a judgment based on seeing Wrinkle in Time, and what was the other one? I can't remember. There was a, it seemed like there was another one that I didn't. I wasn't that taken with Selma. So. She did Selma, 13th Hour, and Wrinkle in Time. Mm-hmm. The only one of those two. 13th. That's what I What did I say? 13 Hour. The only one of those that I, I enjoyed was Selma. Right. And right. I, didn't, I didn't really like the first episode uh, when they see us. But that doesn't mean I'm not going to watch all three so that I can make... Because episode I didn't two, say I say you weren't going to watch all one, three. I, what? You're right. I does. I, I never insinuated that you would not watch saying, all was three. I was, I was saying something based on ignorance. But, but well, I'm, I'm saying you I'm, can I'm, only base it on what you saw, and you're just backing up what exactly I what I said. I right. Right. That's I'm just saying you're you're repeating what I actually said. But go ahead. It may sound better. I thought I, I thought I heard you say I'm speaking ignorantly because I haven't seen all of it. Right. So I'm saying you can only you can't give a final judgment. You can only view it on what you've seen. And I said as long as you don't, you have to put that in context. That's why I say you're saying exactly what I said. It may feel better you saying it. So go ahead. I guess I don't see the need what, why what you mm-hmm. said had to be said because I never made a final judgment on when they see us. I just said the I, I didn't say episode. that you did either. <laughs> you said I was speaking ignorantly. No, you, you heard sort of trigger words I threw and sort of attaching well, your own narrative to them, but that's not what, what I said. Well, what, 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 I said that would be like if somebody did say that. That means that you, you, you didn't say that. But I understand, but when I said that ignorant where I knew that was going to catch you, but again, I didn't say that's what you said. So you said something that was... I gave a hypothetical example of somebody speaking about in-game. That's what I was talking about. Why why did you feel the need to say that? What's the point? Because I was giving an example of my point. Of what? Obviously, it is lost on you because you heard the trigger words and you assume I was talking no, about what, you, which I was no, not. I'm just curious. What, what, was the exa- what was the point I don't, you were making? I, I already you- said what it was. I'm not going to repeat it for you because you weren't listening. Okay. That's what, this, right, that's so what happens I, when what, you get triggered, hear, right? What, when what you I'm, get triggered, you hear what you want to hear and you I go on to something else as opposed to what I'm trigger. saying. I'm just not going to allow you to uh, an attach a narrative that I didn't say to me. That's why I said I didn't say that. Now, go ahead. I think someone got triggered because I said I hadn't seen the rest of them and I didn't like the first one. That may be the case. I'm not arguing that. <laughs> All right. So we, let's, we, 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 we are a group of people that gets triggered over nothing. <coughs> Apparently so, right? Yeah, it looks like that. Looks like it's what? okay, Q. You have the last word. Go ahead. I, I've said it. I, I've said what I said. 
All right. But I, I implore you to watch it all at some point. <coughs> Thank you for answering the question. All right. <laughs> well, that's not, I, I, okay. Yeah, you, you go ahead, Mike. Go, go ahead. ahead. Thank you. <laughs> you were going to say something, but you, t- you thought better of me. So let me let him tell you. <laughs> no, I just, like, I realize there's no point. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see. What else do we have on the docket? Oh, there was something I was going to ask Big Sexy about. Like, it's escaping me at this moment. Oh, The Walking Dead. Yes. So The Walking Dead uh, ended its comic book run last week. Right, this week or this week? Well, yeah, last week. Yeah, this okay. Week, last week. Yeah. It just ended its comic run. It went yeah, up to over. was it one hundred and ninety three or eighty three? One ninety three. <laughs> one ninety three. And let me say this: I applaud Kirkman for that. And I'll tell you why. Yay! Because I always says I always said a story has to have an ending. Otherwise, it's just an ongoing narrative that is doesn't make any sense. Every story has a beginning and an ending, and so I applaud him cutting it wherever he, I didn't read it yet but I applaud that Did it has an it? ending I stopped reading a long time ago because it just felt like it was dragging on but now I feel like now. I want to go well it's on digital so I ain't gonna never leave okay. but I, now I, I do want to go ahead and start probably getting the trades or something and make my way now that I know that it has a finite ending so I can appreciate that now I think I saw a headline where they said that the TV series on the other hand is gonna keep going on for years <laughs> There's money to be made over there, so they ain't cutting off shit. But I appreciate that he had the balls, or even the balls, but just to say, hey, this story is done. I'm calling it. And he's made so much money off of this and still making so much money off of this IP that you can do that, you know? So has anyone else read the actual ending? I have. What'd you think about it without spoiling it? Ah, damn, I wanted to know I ain't it. <laughs> Well, without spoiling, I thought it was a it was a nice ending. It didn't give me things I was looking for in in resolution, <laughs> but it did end it, and I was okay with it. Did they tell you what started this? I am not spoiling. <laughs> I would say yes. Damn. <laughs> yes, and they no. spoiled it. I don't. I don't know what they. I just want to know if they did. Michael? Uh, You don't have to tell us whether you can just say yes or no. Okay, ask your question again, Anthony. Did they tell us, did they tell you in the comic what started all this? No. Okay. Okay. I'm a little disappointed. As was I, but again, the story itself is okay. It's a good story. Mm, And there's an essay at the back from Kirkman where he explains, he's like, you know what? I got to that point. I made myself a promise. And when it was done, it was done. And it's done. Like, All right. Because hmm. right. he could have milked this for 20 years. But he's like, no, nah, I'm done. Yeah, that's why I say I applaud it. Because, you know, easily, easily could have kept it going. But he should have quitted at issue 200. Why? Because just a nice round figure. No. Just a number. He didn't want to milk it. You know, additional several issues. When he got done, he was done. Should have gone to 200. No. <laughs> all right. But, uh, yeah, I, I respect it. Uh, I think all stories should have some sort of ending at some point. But Now, if you've been, if people have been reading the book, <clears throat> this really started in issue 190, 191. Mm. 
this but, whole thing. Oh, like I the story a, arc or something? Yeah. Got it. I have a question. Why are, we, why are you saying, Mike, that every story has to have an ending? We're still reading Spider-Man. He was created in, what, 1962? Yeah, and it's trash. <laughs> Is it trash? <laughs> And on top of that, in 1962, they were like <laughs> half a million to a million uh, uh, comics sold a month, and now they're lucky right. to get 80,000? Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. But they're still producing. Kirkman had a story to tell. He started it, and he finished it. It's not like he passed it off to someone else, an intellectual property type thing. He just, yeah, no I'm going to tell my story, I'm done. Yeah, yeah. no reboots. So it's like having other people on it, it's his bullshit. story. Just like when Todd McFarlane wraps up Spawn at some point, he will wrap it up. Eric Larson, and Eric Larson's already done this a little bit in Savage Dragon. The first person who played Dragon is dead. Now his son is you know, running the book. So yeah, you know, when a person has a story and it's their book from start to finish, they can end it whenever they feel I, like it. All I'm saying is, I'm not, I'm just saying I don't understand the mentality of Every story has to be has to come to an end because we we're looking at comic book titles that have been in existence since the early to mid sixties. Sure, so the characters have been in existence. I will agree with you. <laughs> the stories, though, every story has a beginning and ending. That's the point of a story, in my opinion. The characters can continue on. You can you know set them in a different timeline or restart it and all that, which is I feel like these these comics are doing. But I would say if you go from Spider-Man, Amazing Fantasy, whatever it was, to a certain point, that's a story. Like, and then it becomes like, okay, how do we just keep pushing this on? And it starts to drag on. And I think over the years, it starts to drag. And you have to get a different creative team to come in and tell a different version of the same shit. Or, you know what I mean? Or restart it. We've gotten to a part where we've put ourselves in a corner. To me, a story like a book story has a beginning and an end anytime you go past the actual story of it you're just stretching it out for reasons that aren't really storytelling it's just financial i feel the reason why these marvel and dc comics are so long running is financial interest not storytelling interest yeah but new, new that's people, my opinion like, go ahead i know but new, <clears throat> like you said when we're talking about the the movie i know we're talking about books but I think it's the same, the same concept. These this new Spider-Man movie where mm -hmm. you got MJ, Michelle Jones, and a new Flash, and this and that. And you all were saying that well, it's a new generation of people who are identifying with these new characters that we may not be familiar with, but a new generation. Girls were clapping. At right, MJ. it's just a retelling of the same story in a different I, I way. Know, but I know. So clearly, every story doesn't necessarily have to have an ending well it I does it, they're just I retelling disagree. the same yeah. story it's just told in a different way in, in think, today's yeah, time i think with a lot of these existing characters that have been perpetual well i'll use bendis on his road daredevil he told the story when his story was done he stepped out and brubaker took over but but if you read the bendis daredevil that story had a beginning and an ending Right, I agree with you. A lot of the stories do, there are story arcs within these larger stories, but sometimes they reboot these characters. They keep the characters going. Some of these stories are rehashes of, of things that have happened before, told in a different way. Sometimes they are entirely different takes on a story or on a character in their own sort of little things. 
But I'm just saying from a strictly story standpoint that it started from the beginning of time of human development, <laughs> there is always an end and a beginning. That's just how stories are told to human beings. You can retell a certain story in a different context. That's a story unto itself, but it's just still the same story. Star Wars is still the same old story that we've heard of something else, just told in a different context. That's it. Spider-Man has been retold many a times and will continue to be retold, but it's still the same shit. It ain't nothing new. They may, okay, make her black or make her this, but it's still the same story. When you start dragging it on and on and on, it becomes, oh, okay, so Spider-Man's an adult now. Okay, when have they told the story when Spider-Man was an old man? They don't, because they just keep it locked in the same little place all the time. But this is the character always works, but it's, it's a played out story. All they can do is just retell you the same shit for a different generation. I, I know, but if they can do that, why shouldn't they do that with Walking? Personally, I think Walking Dead, I, I, the context I took from you is that, well, it's good that he ended it because the story has come to an end. And I, that's what I'm taking issue with. Why has the story come to an end? Because he was the author and he probably dictated that it's probably just really Rick's story. And it ends with that. Could the world of that keep going on? Certainly, but I don't think that's the story he really wanted to tell. He probably would be milking it at that point, and he knew he would be, which is why he's not writing a comic book called, what's that TV show they have, Walk the World of the, what is it, Walking Dead something? Fear of the Walking Dead? Yeah, that, that's why that ain't a comic book, because that ain't the story that Kirk, he realized that's a spinoff to make money. That ain't really the story. You could, you could do that, but that ain't what he was setting out to do. He went on to do just like with Invincible. You could probably keep Invincible going. But he decided it's over at this point. And I, and I love that. Same with the Matrix or something. Yeah, you can make you can make him be some shit after he flies off in that last shot. But why? <laughs> just because you can do something don't mean you should. It's a cornier story that way. There's no there's no arc there. He's Superman already. Well, the story you're going to tell. This shit is just corny. Now, again, yeah, you can retell it for a different generation, but they told the story in that. Could they redo the keep the Godfather going or Scarface or something? I'm sure they could. But why? Now, you might line up to go watch it, but I'm, eh, I'm cool. Tony got smoked. He, he said, I don't know. I, just, I, I don't know. Sometimes it's like we go in and out of things where, you know, one minute it sounds like you say, well, it still makes money. That's important. It makes money. And now you're saying, oh, it'll just be a cash grab. It should end. It's, it's just well, a little. <laughs> as far as Kirkman goes, <clears throat> he said, said from day one, the story's going to have an end. And as far as a cash grab, I think he's doing okay money wise. So there's no need for him to, yeah, he's banked. to do that. You know, his, he told that story and his story, and he's working on other things. Yeah, he's, he's you know, caked out. Now, again, these other stories we're talking about are owned by corporations. So, of course, they're going to keep it going. Stan Lee don't make no decisions. On, well, he's dead now, but he still didn't make They're going to keep that going. We'll get rid of you, Stan. We're going to keep Spider-Man going. Or we're going to get rid of you, Claremont. We're going to keep X-Men going. It's different when you have the person who actually created the artwork, created the character, and said, this is what the story is versus what yo, our whole company is based on these characters. We ain't, they ain't never stopping. Alan Moore, perfect example of Watchmen. He yeah. made that up, and he he ended it after twelve issues. 
Yeah. Now you can keep it going, which they, of course, right? They're doing now, and I appreciate. Now they're doing it. Yeah. I appreciate Jeff John's story, but at the end of the day, if it just stuck with the Watchmen, that's the story. Like that'd have been fine. Like that. That's great. So I mean, again, I'm, I'm talking about every story as a beginning and end. When you talk about finances, it's a different thing. So when you when you bring that comment into it, that's the context of why I said that. Q, right? We're not Drax here, so we understand that we can speak about different things and they have reasons. Nigga. <laughs> I'm just saying that it sounded like, sound like you were saying it's a foregone con- conclusion that the story is at an end. I disagree with that. I, I think there are more stories that could, it might be difficult, but I think there are more stories you could tell in the world of Walking Dead. Now, I agree with you. I said you could. The, the world itself can continue on with other stories. I agree with you. I'm saying the story that Kirkman set out to tell was probably Rick's story. And so for him, it needed to end there. Okay. I, that, I can't argue that, but I'm, I was arguing something different. Okay, let's move on. All right. Appreciate it. But yeah, Walking Dead over. Shout out to Kirkman. Definitely, I and actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna start getting into. I, I know Big Sexy has a lot of them. Uh, the Omnibus collections of books. I'm, I'm gonna start getting into that. Start start buying those. I've been watching. I love them. watching a lot of. Uh, uh, and there's a there's a there's a there's quite a bit of YouTube channels that are devoted to Omnibus reviews and collections and stuff. And I've been checking those out recently. I'm like, you know what? Let me start getting some of these books, man. It's a great way. I to just picked have up them. Amazing Spider-Man Four Omnibus. Oh, nice! Collects issues one hundred three to one forty-two. Okay, okay. Yeah, man. Gotta get up on it, play boy. Uh, one other question. One other top thing I wanted to bring up. I see there's a lot of uh, brouhaha over Chris Brown again. What do you do now? Apparently he has a new song out and one of the lyrics I'm paraphrasing, but he says something like, I only like black bitches with good hair. And that's a trigger thing apparently for his fan base, some of these black women. And so they're really going at him. Like, what do you mean? Good hair. They're not saying anything about the black bitch part. No, 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 no. But the (laughs) good hair uh, thing has spiraled out of, into this whole thing now and there's people been going at him and he actually came back and very belligerent in my opinion uh comment back to the pushback for his lyrics and i don't know if you guys have heard of any of this i'm, I'm gonna go to our resident master of ratchet uh and Pooh. have you heard any of this have you seen see no, hey you have to own it you always gotta put me out no. oh, yeah. <laughs> but you just couldn't wait to say that line. You just couldn't wait. Well, I mean, I'm I'm bringing it up, so I have to have a little ratchet myself. I, I don't know too much about it. I'm in this one group. It's actually uh, uh, the Reed fan group. So they went all the way in on Chris Brown and that. But for the most part, he's being attacked by. Oh my god, I can't think of her name. Uh it's somebody like known- Tokyo Vanity. Yes, Tokyo what? Vanity. See, I Ooh. see these names and I'm like, what the fuck is a Tokyo Vanity? What why are we? Why are we? Uh, but why are these thought 
want to be Asian. Like, <laughs> you got Black China, Tokyo Rose, now Tokyo Vanity. Like, get the fuck out of it. But yeah, but she put him on blast saying that at some of the clubs that he's been at, he has a, a no dark skin girl policy. So, you know, they wow. really, yeah, they really going at it. Now, she could be bullshitting, but unfortunately, when you put a lyric like that out there, you open yourself for pe- up for people to believe all the stories out there. And and then you got to take a look at the, the women he's dated. Rihanna, exotic looking, uh, Caribbean, light skin. You look at Karuchi, Asian, excited. I'm sorry, exotic, light skin. Now he's dating another Blazing girl. Again, exotic, light skin. So, I mean, I ain't gave him for Chris. So this is, nigga, hold your own nuts on this shit. Mm. So yeah, <laughs> okay. Go ahead, go ahead. Uh, no, yeah. Well, the first thing that came to my mind when he was talking was I, I couldn't help but think about our boy, Prince. How's it any different? What did he say something about black bitches and black hair? No, I'm talking about but what I'm talking about is I just heard a litany of the type of women that Chris Brown uh, dates which could lend credence to the fact that he doesn't like dark-skinned women. So it's just funny how we notice that in Chris Brown, and we can say that about Chris Brown, but other people, eh, they get a pass. Uh, Why are you saying Prince is getting a pass, especially where, unlike Prince, Chris Brown has put on record, he's talking about black, not black women, not black ladies, black bitches, with good hair. To the I'm, not talking, I'm, not, I'm not talking about what he put on record. I'm talking about his actions. That's the whole point of what you brought that up, right? His actions would indicate that what he put on record has credence. I'm not, but I'm not talking about what he put on record. I'm talking about his actions. Well, why I brought up the other women that he's dated in relation to Tokyo Vanity stating that he had the no lights, the no dark skin policy at the club. That was the correlation. And back to Prince. To the best of my knowledge, uh, Mark, Mike, you guys are more, uh, no more, are more knowledgeable to his lyrics than I am. I don't know about the lyrics of him dissing dark-skinned women or black women in any particular. Okay. Well, I think he's he's not talking about the lyrics. I think he's talking I, about. I've the said women. that three times, already. right? But but yeah, well, I, I would that, I would push back to say who, who was the I'm sorry, and I'm I'm sort of on this Lima reader, so excuse me. Who was the young lady's name? Vanity Six. That Prince was dating Susan. Susan was she dark skin or darker skin? Yeah, she was darker, yeah. Uh, Marvin Gaye's daughter. No, no. Tamar Davis. Uh, so there's been a few dark-skinned women that I can name off the top, top of my Robin head. Robin Powers, I think? Cat? Mm-hmm. Sheila? Well, I don't know if they're dark-skinned, but... <laughs> but again, he's had all. He's had both of them. Where Chris Brown, again, I don't know much about Chris Brown, but I don't know if he's had any dark-skinned women. I seem to recall when we let me see. I seem to recall <clears throat> maybe this was six years ago. Mm-hmm. There was a TV show on. I was I watched it. Uh, I think you guys were new to it. Called New Girl, and I remember Mike. You said the question was brought up. Wonder why Prince appeared. Oh, I think I asked the question. I wonder what made him appear on that show. And you said something along the lines of, uh, "Was there is there a light skinned fine woman that works on that show?" And I was like, "Yep, you're right." So there's a reason you said that, Mike. Right. Okay. That doesn't negate the, the fact that the women he's been with, though, does it? Okay. 
No, you're is right. that okay or not? <laughs> no, you, you you are correct. You so are. I'm, I'm I'm still just lost at it. You know, we're I condemning know Chris. We're condemning Chris Brown for his actions, and you throw Prince under the bus for his dating choices. Got it. Well, because that is the mindset. Of out of all the of women that you, <laughs> out of all the women that you all listed, you gave me three dark skinned women. And I'm not mad at Prince. He dates one. You're not. But I'm just saying, <laughs> it's funny how when we like someone in their music. They get a pass. Hey, Mike, Mark, do you guys like uh, Q Store? Friendly friends, right? Yeah, I don't know where you're going with this. <laughs> yeah, uh, sure, you do. Sure, I do like. Uh, now, Q, are you telling me that you've never dated a non-dark-skinned woman or a non-black woman? No, I'm not telling you that. Okay, cool. Just want to be sure. Keep the same energy with yourself. Wow. Okay. <laughs> you like, you did succeed in losing me on that one, but okay. So we're even. <laughs> All right. Let's get back to Chris Brown show. Brown uh, Q. Any other thoughts on this other than print? Other than print. <laughs> I think Chris Brown is an idiot, a fool, a coon, and no, I, I I don't give a damn about him at all. I don't know why we keep talking about him. Somebody had the nerve to say I can't remember what this was. He was one of the greatest. It was a radio host or something? Oh, it was your man. Uh, Charlemagne the God said he was the greatest R&B performer of some period of time. It's like, wow, we really are brainwashed, aren't we? Well, I will say this. He is one of the top of today's R&B world, which may not be saying much, but I was gonna say, can't deny his presence. <laughs> Can can't deny his presence. I, I don't necessarily know his music like that, but obviously he's been around for a very long time. When did he come out? Actually, he's been in the game for quite a while. Now that you think about it, and still putting out. Did he put his last album is like forty tracks or some crazy shit? His last two albums, he's had like thirty tracks per album or something. Wow. He puts in the work. Now listen, I'm not a fan of it. But I recognize that he has a lot of people on his nuts. You can't keep releasing all that music and not getting all the attention if you're not worth it. It may not be worth it to us. We're a lot older. Because I certainly don't know it. But I do see in my peripheral, I see it. <laughs> like, I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I ain't, I'm cool, but I see it. Oh. I think his problem, as we've always... Once the beat down of Rihanna happened, he's pretty much written off for a lot of people. But he's talented. Let's not be. Let's, let's not be those guys. Let's not be those old guys. <laughs> I'll give him this. <laughs> I know this. I know this is a lot coming from Big Sexy. <laughs> he's a good dancer. <laughs> I give him that. <laughs> give him that. I, okay, I, I ain't mad at that. But I agree. He is a fool. I, I agree with what Q said. He's a fool. To me, just looking at the the get down, it's ridiculous. But that's what happens when you have fame and fortune and you just give him passes over passes and the bar is low. No accountability. His behavior is ridiculous. Which I'm going to shift gears here because I want to ask a question to Big Sexy 
callback to a couple episodes before. Have you had a chance to to read that R. Kelly book? Was it The Solace? I am about two thirds of the way done with it, and wow, the writer on this book came with the receipts. Mm. R. Kelly is foul, period. But <clears throat> it's also, and this in no way, shape, or form justifies any of his bullshit. But it is also sad because his own intellectual shortcomings have cost him tons of money. Um, a man who used to be married to Gladys Knight apparently has his publishing when he left in uh, 2001. Uh, Hankerson? Barry? Him, yeah. Yeah. It's like, dude, you don't ever give away your publishing. As much as you write and as many, at the time, iconic things that you have written, you don't own. And, you, and people around you let that happen? Dude, come on, man. Well, no, no, no. The, and then the, and I would say, you know, now Barry Hankerson, he is the uncle of Aaliyah. Is that right? So they would, some yes. would say that that was his exit was, you're going to get a clean, somewhat clean slate of this, but you're going to turn over this shit to me because you done fucked, fucked over my family. But, but again, I don't know. Dude, you don't ever give up the publishing that I, I believe I can fly. Ever. <laughs> yeah, it's a crazy book, man. It, it's But again, the the writer, he he validates and backs up everything he said. It's not like this was written by the National Enquirer. Right. Did you get to the part where he was talking about the judge in the trial? Do you remember that? The no, judge? not yet. Oh, okay. That's what I want to hear what you have to say about that. Because <laughs> he got into some issues early on in his life that to me, you would never be a judge, but I just like, wow. Oh, the judge has got a past? Yes. Oh. Yeah, man. Most who, who of, a past that most of us, we could shot down in Kyoto. Oh, shit. Who wrote the book? I don't oh, have his shit. name. He is I mean, the is original... He, he's a writer for the Chicago Sun Times. He originally broke this story back in the late nineties. Okay, like, so I'm, I'm just—I was trying to determine if it was someone in R. Kelly's camp or something. No, 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 no. no, no. no he's a this music, was a neutral person. Yeah, he's a—he's yes. a rock. He's actually more of a, a music critic guy who became this sort of journalist dude. Plays in a punk band. I mean, he's, his whole career is sort of based off of this thing. And he got a uh, fax years before the fact. Saying, look, R. Kelly's file. He ignored it. Mm-hmm. And then slowly but surely started to come out. He's like, let me double check this again. And then he started digging himself as an investigative journalist and started talking to the right people. And people, a lot of people didn't want to talk, but people who wanted to talk had something to say. And a lot of times he would say, you know what? I talked to so and so, and that was bullshit. But let me go ahead and double check anyway. And he would put in the work and double check and validate these sources. Yeah, he's like, you, know, he's one of the, you don't see that very much anymore in today's world. No, he, he put it together. He definitely put it together. Yeah, he, he that, that type of uh, investigational journalistic stuff, you, you're not going to see that no more. It's like, he, he went deep, <clears throat> long term. You know, Kelly will be cruising the, the, what's it called, the Rock and Roll McDonald's and, yeah, man. and the malls. It's like, dude, are you out of your fucking mind? Yeah. <sighs> 
That's crazy. And these parents is just as foul. Well, he, she's with R. Kelly in the studio singing. Mm. Uh huh. Mm. Okay. Mm. Okay. I can't even imagine. <laughs> you know who you're dealing with, but somehow you're gonna be different, and you're gonna allow your child to go in that. I just that boggles my mind. It's this terrible man. And when they convict him, not if, when, and he does his stretch. Once he get out, gets out, guys will be penniless. Mm. Also reminded me of something. Did anyone get the chance to see the Bobby DeBarge story? Yes. Yeah, you can get you can smack me for not being on cold, but damn, well, that looked like trash. It's hard. The wig I, was bad enough. Hold on. Because and it's just. I want to say it's sad, too, because it's a great story, but I'm like, wait a minute. That story is salacious, but I, don't, I can't, you know, I have to check myself saying it's a great story, but I'm like, dude, I could have done way better with that, with the material you're given. I'll give them this. They got the, you know, they got to use the music. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they got that, yeah. Q's got to go. Q, we'll see you next time. Thank you for coming through, sir. Appreciate you. Guess he's going to leave without saying that, but that's all right. All right, thank you. Okay, we need to mark this one down because you know you say we don't have receipts for when he leaves. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, Bobby DeBarge. Let me say this, man. I, I ended up watching. I ended up watching on my computer because I don't have cable TV. One I was able to see it, and I'm a huge Elder Barge fan. DeBarge fan, so I was very curious to watch this. Uh, it's a, and I agree with uh, Aunt Pooh. It's a. It's a, to me, it's a heartbreaking story. And I went into it not knowing uh, the details. I knew the overarching story of the abuse and stuff with the dad, but I didn't know a lot of the details. Yeah, I didn't know any of that. Oh, interesting. So it was interesting to me to watch and see some of that. I was like, wow, there's a lot of dysfunction here, a lot of pain, and you can kind of see it coming, bubbling through. But it wasn't until... And so after I watched this, I ended up watching, I still haven't finished it, but I watched some of the unsung episode about Switch. And there's a lot in this that they left out. And I think it's an important parts. So one of the most important parts I think they left out of this was that Bobby was bisexual. And that was somewhat of an issue, not in the sense of him not being who he is, but for the band felt like, you know what, man, you got to be who you are. And I feel like, in today's world, not showing that narrative in this story is a disservice to it because they just sort of present him as some ladies man where he was a ladies and man's man. And I think you can't tell a true story if you don't show that. Uh, and I actually was shocked when I heard that when I was talking about that in the unsung. I was like, what? I was like, wow, why would you leave that out in 2019? Um, so I, I didn't think they really dealt with that properly, but just going off of what they did show in that movie, I thought it was interesting, but this is a case of where this would have worked way better as a multi-night story, you know, like this should have been on Netflix. You can't cram in all of that story in a two hour or it wasn't even two hours. It was just way too much to cram into it. And they were just all over the place with this with the narrative of this just jumping around too much i thought it's not an explanation on certain things um 
going into it, I knew that the makeup and stuff was going to look bad. But I will say in the context of me watching it, I didn't mind it so much in the actual playing out of everything. I knew they weren't going to have the budget to really go deep. So I was like, okay, they're just doing the best that they can. But I thought that the actors in this were actually very good. Um, shockingly enough to me. Um, but a so man's I, bad but, wig aside, yeah, I thought they were all good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can't fault their acting and stuff. Uh, it, it's just interesting. You just see little th- I just think there's so much deeper more to the story. Like just to see like Switch starting and then you kind of see sort of DeBarge come into the game and, you know, he kind of gets a little jealous, but it was just kind of like he's just like on drugs and stuff and they only just sort of barely mention, in my opinion, the abuse stuff, which I think to me overshadows all of their actions later in life. Because I could swear they were saying in some of the other stuff that Bobby was actually physically and sexually abusing some of some of the other brothers. Oh, if I'm not mistaken, and it seems to sort of leave a lot of those implications out. And I just think that that would have a bigger, you would have a better understanding of why certain things are happening. Why is there so much hatred? And why is he acting out so much? And was he sexually abused too? You know what I mean? Like in which he was, they don't really go into that enough. Um, but it's just a ah. It's a crazy, crazy story. I actually, you know what I did like? I like how they, I liked how they presented Jer- uh, Jermaine Jackson. <laughs> 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 like that scene in the bathroom with Jermaine. Yeah, man, Bobby, man, I'm, what's your purpose, man? Like the Bobby, I was like Bobby, I was like Jermaine G checking. Like you done, bro? Stay away from my sister, man. Well, I need to hear yeah. that. I need to hear that from. Consider you being. You hearing it now? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I see why Joe says one say it would put in a kind of, now I understand a little bit why they was probably so reluctant to have James be with Janet. Because yeah. their whole family was on whole some fuckery. It was yeah. like, we're not we the Jacksons, we ain't having that. <laughs> so it was interesting to me, man, like how he was trying to ho- I didn't know he was hollering at Latoya. I didn't know that part. No, one thing though, big boy playing Barry Gordy, come on now. Oh uh, yeah, that was yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, I heard that was about bullshit. <laughs> okay, just because you think about it in your mind, don't mean you should actually execute it. Come on. Yeah, that was that was bullshit. <laughs> but yeah, but it was, it was very it was interesting though. I mean, for what it was, it didn't. Um, I didn't. I wish they explained why did they get into the drug game. You know, uh, I mean? Bobby and James, or Chico, Chico. Excuse me. Chico. Yeah, like why is I was like, okay, for, we see Chico has a record release party, and then I felt like the next scene, you know, he meets his he meets his wife, Bobby, and then the next scene, his wife has the baby, and then these niggas out here trying to move coke, and I was like, huh? Stupid. <laughs> what the fuck? What happened? <laughs> We're transporting bricks. <laughs> What's that? What part of the game was this? <laughs> well, I saw them trying to tape up like they were Midnight Express. Yeah. I'm like, no, this is not going to work, gentlemen. <laughs> I got a bad feeling about this. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I appreciated the prison scene. I know I'm very curious. But if it was on Netflix or if Ava did this, I would be, oh, you, you're one of them singing light skin, the pretty head singing cats, huh? 
When you held the bar, nigga. I was like, why did that really go down? Like, I'm always curious how did the, the barge handle being in prison? Well, since he was bisexual, I'm sure he handled it. <laughs> See, that's what they, they don't even tell that Ouch, in the story. But, man, but watching on. the movie, you don't know what? that. So that's why I was like, you mean this pretty motherfucker gonna be in there and they ain't gonna test this nigga? Like, uh huh. See, I could, I could see L getting a pass because they know who he is, and they'd be like, man, don't, don't fuck. With, that's El Debar, dude. Don't fuck with that nigga, man. He L. I could see that, but Bobby, when that early part, that's why I was like, I know they was on his ass, heavy, I, and that's why he had. That's why when he was fighting, I was like, yeah, you, you gonna be fighting in there, boy. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's funny because when their songs came out. You know, back in the day, they hit, and they hit pretty hard, and all of a sudden, poof, like a ghost. Like a cloud of smoke, they were gone. Mm. Yeah, man, that's, that's, that, the, the, they need to have a proper debarge story. All Maybe. inclusive, yeah. I agree. Yeah, it's, it's sad to say, but yeah, that's, that's a hell of a story. And I think they could probably tell it in a way to, to really be, I mean, not, I wouldn't say so much uplifting, but like cautionary. Yeah. Cautionary how your family is treated and, and, you know, recognizing the signs of sexual and child abuse and cautionary about when you get into the entertainment game, not having addressed those past traumas. Yeah. 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 Kind of like Bobby Brown story. They, they did a really good job with that. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm saying. It had to be a multi-night type of thing. There's just there's so much going on there. And man. It's just it's just crazy, but it was interesting to see. Um, yeah, I didn't know much about Bobby DeBarge; just kind of heard about him. So, it was, man, he was a fool from the from day one. <laughs> but but I get why he was, just from everything that was going on with as a child. But man, that's a that that family is so talented, and this is so sad that they have to they're dealing with so much uh, trauma. Uh, I mean, I, I don't want to go there. I'm not trying to, to transition whatsoever, but, you know, I, I just look at the comparisons, you know, of people going after Joe Jackson and how hard he was with that family. And it's just and you just think, like, how can somebody do this to their child and then kind of like push them out to be these stars, knowing that there's this trauma that they given to them in that manner? Well, if I'm hearing you say to me. I, I wish I would have had a. I would have, to me, Joe Jackson. You have to be a Joe Jackson so you don't be Jabarge, in my opinion. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Like that's why Joe went so hard, in my opinion. Why you need that the direction because otherwise, it's the other extreme is the Jabarge. Yeah. No, no. Please, please. But I, I stand for Joe Jackson. You know, uh, from what I've heard and you know about where they came from. Like I said, it was you know we would say it was harsh, but. You know, he he kept them out of trouble. I mean, I think only two of them had any issues with the law. Yeah, see, that's, I, I, don't, I don't even see it as harsh. Harsh. They was going through just normal shit that any black family, you know, you, they didn't have a lot of money. Well, nothing harsh about it. They was, you know what I mean? Like, they was no, hard I, I, was th I was speaking of the the abuse that you know. See, I, I, I ain't no abuse. To. I don't see the abuse personally. I don't. What, what was the abuse? I, I don't call Joe abusive. I, I wouldn't call him that. I call him very strict. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't call him abusive. Uh, okay, I'm not calling him either. I'm just saying what they're saying. That's not oh, what okay. I'm saying. What right. people are saying. I, you know, I don't know every ass whooping he gave them, but I'm like, you know, hey, 
there's far worse shit that's out there that's actual abusive. And then when you see like the DeBarge family, he's just like, he, I mean, I'm, I, I'm not going to be blasphemous this, but he had a very talented children that could have been close to the levels of the Jackson, but because of the trash assness that he was and the sick nature he had, it's like not only did you traumatize a kid, but then you threw him into this entertainment world with that that hadn't even been properly addressed. It's just hella sad. You know, and I'm not going to appear to be caping for Joe, but what he did, a lot of other families tried around that time and none of them got close. Yeah. None of them. Yeah, I mean, yeah, to me, the thing at the bars, and it's a deeper conversation because, yep. you know, they had a white father married to a black woman, and, and they sort of insinuate his issues because he was white and married a white woman, a black woman, and I guess what he felt like society was coming against him about that or whatever, whatever that is. But the, for to me, for a white man to be physically abusive to his kids and sexually abuse and then the mother turning a blind eye to that there's a whole deeper narrative <laughs> going on with that that this show wasn't going to address because that's just too much but there's a lot going on there in my opinion that they dealing with the whole some whole other sh- they're dealing with that's their father doing that there's a racial aspect of it in my opinion that plays into that there's the mother abandoning us and then going back to the father after the transcriptions are brought to the forefront pain. And then there's the sibling uh, interactions and abuse that happens because of the generational curse coming from the dad that they're passing on to each other. And then what goes, so there's so much deeper shit going on there. To me, the Jackson's was just a hardworking family a, a, a man who was going to guide his family to greatness. He was, wasn't taking no shit. And to some parts of society, they would rather paint him as the bad guy. I call bull crap on all of that. Did Michael end up going on some other shit? Of course. But again, most there's a lot of people that be on some other shit. They don't mean they, cause it, it was their parents fault. Yeah. Do have, he was dealing with being the kid. He was dealing with being the front of a big group. He's dealing with being a celebrity. He was dealing with being a black person in America at the time and all that shit in his mind and not having necessarily a traditional childhood. Of course, he's going to be on some other shit. And then he becomes the man, the man of the man, the man in his early twenties. <laughs> yeah, of course he, all the resources you could have at his disposal and could nobody tell you nothing. Yeah. You're going to be on some other shit. <laughs> And you and there ain't never been nobody bigger than you ever been in the game. So yeah, he's gonna be plastic surgery and all you know, all this other stuff is gonna play out. That's he's on some other shit. But that ain't because his dad whooped him. Because <laughs> if that's the case, all of us would be on some other shit. <laughs> well, the majority <laughs> of us. So I just don't buy it. Man. I, yeah, I, it's like I love you, mom, but you know, your ass whooping didn't make me the king of pop. <laughs> and it didn't make me a psycho nut uh child molester either. Okay. That too. Yes. So this is whatever, man. I mean, I shot a couple of firecrackers, but come on. <laughs> but anyway, um, who ain't threw a firecracker at their son? Come on. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's different. But anyway, um, 
but yeah, man. So the barge story, very interesting. Uh, TV One, was it Rush Par? I believe produced that. He might have directed it as well. But all right, hey, Rush Par, really? Yeah, oh, yeah, wow. that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, you know. And shout out to him, but you know, yeah, he low yeah. low key bubbling up. Yeah. yeah. All right. Anything else before we wrap it up here? Nah, we're good. Although I don't think we did uh, the show after the BET Awards because. You know, and Mary J. turning it out and uh, Tyler Nobody Perry's message. It. I didn't watch it. <laughs> Wait, you didn't see the Tyler? Well, I saw the Tyler Perry clip. Okay. But yeah, I, okay. I, I, I see the show. Yeah, my, I tip my hat to him. And of course, you got to always, always got to pay, give the credit to Mr. Michael Dean, who told me, essentially told me to shut the fuck up if you ain't did the work <laughs> on Tyler Perry. Well, okay, man. <laughs> I mean, again, I don't have to like all of his shit either, but there's no denying the receipts, man. It is what it is. Yeah, And the work. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You have to have a body of work for them to critique. So he got a body of work. <laughs> and, he put people, and he puts people to work. A lot of people. He, man owns a studio. So that's a, that's a huge undertaking when you really think about it. Yeah. And the only thing I take away from that, that thing he said was when y'all fighting to sit at the table, do your thing, but I'm going to go ahead and make my own. I have to respect that. You know, he ain't asking for shit. So, it is what it is. <laughs> Instincts. <laughs> okay, here's something interesting. <laughs> and I just see this in Discord. Someone on Amazon has lost their damn mind. Uh-oh. They are selling Funko Pop Purple Rain Prince figures. $448.50. Or, if you're really balling, $599.95. The fuck out of here. Hey, man, it's a collector's market, baby. Somebody will buy it. You know what? You're probably right. (laughs) There's always one. As they become scarce, I mean, they're not going to keep those things in production forever, so... Now I'm mad that I let my daughter get to the box and get that open. Mm. If somebody wants to give me 600 for mine, please email me. <laughs> hey, man. Yeah, those Funko things are, I mean, any of those Funkos, you know, can become very popular, you know, very uh, collector's items because they, you know, very limited run on those things. So I'm not surprised. I, I think there was a, I don't know if there was a real Tupac one. It might have been a fake. Tupac Funko one, but it's in the hundreds of dollars. And I'm sure a lot of the other ones are pretty sought after. So Wow. Yeah, it is what it is. Uh I didn't hear about a Tupac one. If there was one, I'd have got that. I, I so I think it may be it may not be an official Funko. But somebody made one. Mm. I've seen it online. But uh, uh well speaking of Tupac again. I don't know if we got into this last week in depth, but I'm going to need to get into it too deep now, but more and more information is coming out about the fire that was at Universal Studios that destroyed Mm. tons of original master recordings, Mm -hmm. including stuff owned and recorded by Tupac, by his estate. And it, it goes from people as varied as Frank Sinatra and Rosemary Clooney up to Babyface. 
and Tupac and Eminem. All of it, a lot. Well, excuse me, everything that was at that studio is gone. And what bugs me the most is these people at the studio were saying, well, these are backed up on digital, so it's no loss. If someone had said that to me, and it was one of my tapes, and they said face-to-face, we'd have to fight. Because that clearly was said by a person who doesn't create things. That was said by an idiot. You, you know, again, we've talked about this a million times. You don't ever give up those masters. And now a lot of these are gone, so a lot of this stuff can't be reproduced faithfully to the originals. Can't be. They're gone. Hopefully someone sues Universal into bankruptcy. Because not only did they not tell the artist this, they tried to cover the shit up. Hmm. So we got a problem. You know, a lot of Steely Dan stuff was gone, and they went by there saying, like, where's uh, such and such? Oh, we'll give it to you. Uh-huh. Okay, give it to me. Ludicrous. The, Keep the, the your masters. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. I, I don't think they got Chris, though, but you never know. You never know. He said Chris. Keep your masters. If you need to spend money and put them where Prince, uh, the estate has Prince's stuff in a climate-controlled place designed specifically for that, do it. Not in some closet and fucking you know universal. Store them properly. Well, now this makes me want to ask the question. We haven't talked about this, but this whole Taylor Swift thing. Oh yeah, uh, that's been in the news lately. What are you, what's your thoughts on that? And, and the, I know, guess the story is that the was it the original label she had a deal with was sold to some other guy or something. Well, my my understanding is this, and I'm and I'm, I'm still you know keeping an eye on this. She had a deal with I think it was called Big Machine, and for her first contracts and all that, and she's like, and and now she's like, you know, what, I want these back, and they said, fine, you sign with us. And every new one you turn in, we'll give you one of your old ones back. She's like, yeah, no. Let's figure something else out. And then in the interim, they went to Scooter Braun. I don't even know who that is. I mean, I can't take anybody named Scooter seriously. Well, he's apparently, apparently like he's a manager he's of rolling. other artists. Yeah, other he, he's, he's artists. up there. He, he's connected. And he came in and said, you know what? I'll buy it. And he spent, I think the number is $300 million to get it, okay. I'm like, you know, again, I, I am not ripping Taylor Swift, and I wouldn't think her catalog was worth that kind of money, but well, hey, I don't clear, He's buying the whole record label, not just her masters. Yes, he's bought, he bought the whole deal, okay. and apparently, and they have beef, a long-standing beef, and so now that he owns her masters, ain't no way she's getting them back now. People are saying it's like when Michael bought the Beatles from under Paul McCartney, no. Paul had an opportunity, and Paul said no. I don't think Taylor Swift actually got the opportunity to say no to this. I don't think anyone came there and said, look, we're going to sell the Scooter Braun unless you can do something about it. That never happened. So she's bent. He's playing the victim. Well, I just you know, did a business deal. You know, I don't know why she's mad. Yeah, shut up. At the end of the day, she doesn't own her work. And it's kind of unfortunate because when she signed, again, your people around you have to protect your kids. When she was a kid, she signed. 
And people around her then should have said, you know what? Let's make sure. They didn't do that. They just saw the dollar signs and the potential and, yeah, I'm signing and rah. And now that she wants it back, can't help you. I, you know? I don't see the problem. Like, I mean, again, the scooter cat, he bought a record company. He didn't just he buy company, her yeah. masters. He bought everybody's masters. That's on that label. Under that I, label, yeah. I, so I don't see why a record label would be piecemealing artist masters. Like, why Why would they be well, like, again, you know what I mean? Like, they got a whole thing to deal with. If you don't want to sign this deal with us, that's your choice. I assume she must have signed another deal to leave the label, which is why she ain't on the label currently, right? Well, her, her contract just expired. She went to a bigger label and didn't get okay. a bigger paycheck. Okay. But when the Beatles lost their catalog way back when, mm -hmm. theirs was called, I believe, Northern Lights Catalog. And what happened was, was they got fucked. One of their co-managers, because it was like a little corporate setting, one of the co-managers sold his shares to someone else. Okay. And that's what cost them their whole deal. It's like, I'm going to sell mine to ATV. And ATV is like, okay, we're taking it now. And Paul and John, of course, being young and stupid at the time, not knowing, lost their catalog. And by the time it came up for purchase, it had grown. It had been absorbed by ATV. And ATV had just absorbed tons of catalogs, including Chuck Berry, Sly Stone, so many different things. Sure. It wasn't just the Beatles catalog. So when that whole thing came up for sale, they went to Paul. Paul, we're selling this. You want to buy it? Well, how much? $41 million. I can't help you. And okay. Cool. And, and we all we know what happened from there. He, Paul had told Mike that's where the money was. And Mike's like, right. get out that Thriller Ashtray money. Let's go. So, I mean, yeah, but going back to Taylor Swift, I mean, like, I guess I don't see the problem. Like, I mean... She wasn't given an opportunity. But they That's don't have the to give her opportunity. <laughs> no, actually, no, they don't. No, they don't. They do not. They're going they going for the money. A, but they had been in negotiation with her, though, to well. try to get the works up and out. And, there, and that offer about, you give us a new one, and we'll give you an old one, she's like, fuck out of here with that. And they did. They was like, cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they, they took us somewhere else to... And my and man, he's doing good business. Scooter, he's bought, you know, he's doing business. He ain't an emotional thing, I assume. He's like, I got the bread. Let me get that. I can't say that, you know, again, I'm not running around with $300 million in my back pocket. But I know someone came to you for $300. Mark, we wrote this catalog for $300. Liquid? Shit. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, you're going to stop and say, well, let me hold off on the deal, Scooter. Let me go holler at no. Taylor real quick. No. Please. This is again, business. I don't, I don't know how big that catalog is, but I'm sure the Taylor Swift stuff is a significant piece of it. So we don't I'm know not, that, actually. I wouldn't break it up, though. Yeah, no, I mean, we, we don't know. We don't know. But I wouldn't break it up behind that either. Take it all. Yeah, to me, she's corny for going public with that. Because the thing about it is they're not going to uh, rescind the deal. That's not no. that's not business. That's not how because you crying in public. That don't mean they go. Let's go and give him his three hundred million dollars back and, and let's force him to resell it back to us. That's not how business works. No, you should have had that energy. If you really wanted to get your masters, you would have did what you needed to do to get that. That's when she should have been posting in the public. 
So to do about it after the fact is, to me, is a sign of how corny she really is. And she doesn't have standing to go anywhere and say, look, rescind that contract. She's not a party to that contract. Yeah. So she ain't it's got a business no deal. Place in Somebody it. sold their label that has many other artists on it. That's right. And you was just a part of it. They sold it to somebody else for legitimate money. He paid. It's done. You went online crying about it. Like you don't own your masters. Well, that you should be asking your parents or whoever was in charge of your career. How come I don't have ownership of my That's masters? That's who you need to be looking at. <laughs> you can't That's come after the fact. Yeah, it just it's it's whack well, to many- me. Too many artists, you know, don't pay attention to this. You know, you got to read what you sign. And now, you know, and again, what, what, what kind of irks me is none of this is new. No, it ain't. her deal that she got ain't nothing new either. It's the same deal everybody else probably got. You chose to you know, get people, in bed with those people. Then you're going to play by the rules. People didn't learn with the Prince thing. They didn't learn with TLC. They didn't learn with Miles Davis. They didn't learn with Ray Charles. You got to pay attention to what you're doing. Yeah, man. And someone mentioned to me the other day that Duran Duran tried to get theirs back, and they're like, no. Because theirs was signed in England and is adjudicated under English law, and they try to get it, you know, looked at here, and they're like, uh uh-uh. uh. You can't bring that here. You got to keep that in England. So they also are getting bent, from what I'm understanding. Listen. To me, if you take somebody's money to create that shit, that's you're going to pay. <laughs> that's it. You have a choice. You don't have to take that upfront money to get put on as you're in your mind. But if you think somebody is going to bankroll your situation and not have some ownership, that's not business. It ain't never been and ain't going to never be. That's just not being smart. Come on. Yeah, man. I mean, you gonna somebody gonna pay. <laughs> they ain't gonna do it for the kindness of your heart. You ain't gonna give them your music for the kindness of your heart. So my thing to me in 2019 going forward, you got a choice. You don't have to sign them deals. Then you be well, how am I gonna give notice? Then you're just gonna have to get out there and work. But if you Put take their the money yes. and you think they're not gonna want something in return. That doesn't make sense to me. I just and, don't know, understand pe- it. And, you know, uh, people cl- try to clown Soldier Boy, but that dude owns his he, stuff. Yeah, he And he put himself on. That's it's what just one thing that, that kind of bugs me. A lot of cats in the rap game especially have, got, have not gotten caught up in it and have done very well. I'm looking at Master P. That guy is loaded, and I could name two of his songs. But he owns all of his publishing. And people laughed. Well, he still left the truck or his car. Yeah, okay. He doesn't need the label. The label needed him. See, look, at your, boy. look at your boy, little, I guess, little Nas X, right? Yeah. She put a uh, shit on the, the great example now is, uh, is my man, Chance the Rapper. He's like, I don't need no damn label. I'll do this myself. More yeah. people should be that driven to do it that way. Or that way you make sure it's, it's handled. Macklemore. Macklemore, another one. Uh, I remember when he was hustling in Seattle for years. See, it's not about the quality of his music. It's about the business deal. In Seattle, he was putting it down for years. Unsigned, selling out shows. They were like, who is this white boy? 
Well, I don't know who he is, but he's selling out. So you need <laughs> you gotta go ask him. I see him. I seen him at the spot. He was down there with everybody else. Now he the man. So yeah, you can say he's privileged, whatever. But he he own his shit. And I know, and he got mansions out here. Hey, you'd be remiss if he didn't bring up Nipsey Hussle. He signed a deal, got out of it, man. went about doing it. Uh, other means selling hundred dollar mixtape, thousand dollars. Wait, wait, wait. He signed a deal, then backed out. Yeah, no, he got out of it. I forgot how, but he was on a label and he was able to, to get out of the deal and went, I guess, quote unquote, underground indie. And then he started putting out $100 mixtapes and $1,000 mixtapes. And then he's able to get a favorable deal with a label to uh, distribute his last album, but he kept the masters. Yeah. See, when you can get a label to just come in as a joint venture partner and do the distribution for you, that's when you run run things. That's the key. Now, I just put something in the chat that got me thinking. I think I think we missed one thing this week. What's that? The settlement of Mr. Kevin Spacey. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he's lighter in the wallet a few million now. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you're willing to pay, you can walk, you know. Cosby, he ain't, I guess he wasn't willing to pay. So. <laughs> yeah, gonna do well, Cosby time. had a gang of people after him. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he had that kind of money all at the end of the day. I mean, I can't really speak too much on the Kevin Spacey thing other than the fact that, you know, big bank take a little bank, I guess. He had, to do, he had to do what he had to do to get out of that situation. I'd be curious if he has a career in movies anymore. But Oh, no. He's done. He's done. And not you know, shocking him, to me. Because when I read the article, you know, the the person in question is all, well, we can't find the uh, text messages now. Uh-huh. Okay. And they dropped it with prejudice. It's over. It is over. Guess he pulled a R. Kelly, huh? He pulled a... <laughs> I'm not going to say it. But yeah. yeah, he did. You know, he has dodged a bullet. Hmm. More ways than one. <laughs> All right. Well, let's wrap this up because I'm the, the Lima Rita is starting to take me under. And, uh, I'm here to start. I'll mess around and start saying the wrong shit. Career be over overnight. Don't do that. <laughs> the LGBT and the Jews. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Oh. Remember the builder brand, the builder brand, <laughs> Rockefellers. Yeah, I'll be on my Alex Jones. <laughs> yeah, you okay. need to slow that Let me down. Get it together. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Anyway, again, ladies and gentlemen, please join our Discord chat. It goes down the chat. Please check the show notes. Also, if you go to our website, podcastjuice.com slash gear. You can get your T-shirts. We got our official T-shirts, Working Like a Job, podcast on print. So definitely get your gear. Send us a picture if you got it on. Shout out to, God, I don't have it in front of me, but uh, it was a person on Twitter. She got They got the T-shirt and the mugs, everything. That was so dope. Shout out to them. Also, shout out to Muse to the Pharaoh. They have a new episode up. Shout out to Kanisa and everybody involved. Check that out. 
and Big Sexy. Where can they find you online? We found over at Instagram, Mark Wiggins, chew and be looking for some uploads tonight as I'm trying a new Michelin star restaurant. I love the experience of those things. I'll be putting pictures up of that. I can be seen over at Facebook under Mark Wiggins and over on Twitter where, yes, the Jimmy Jam has liked four of my tweets. Yes, I, I do like that. Under WSE Mark. All right. Now tell me, I never really knew this. What is a Michelin star restaurant? Ah, uh, Michael, Michael, Michael. Hey, man. <laughs> Believe it or not, Popeyes, Michelin is... McDonald's. <laughs> I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> Michelin is the actual tire company, and they make a travel guide every year. Mm. And only the best of the best of the best restaurants get named in it. Now, there are certain classes at, at the very, I'll call it the junior varsity level or the freshman level, is you get what's called a mention in there. And, 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 or you get a plate. I'm sorry, you get a plate. Above that is a bib gourmand, which means something good for, for the price. And then you get into the stars. One star means check this place out if you're there. Two star means make a detour you know, to go, the, go to this place. Three star means make, you build a trip to go around this place. And the place I'm going to tonight is down in Napa called La Touque. I'm probably mispronouncing that. It is French. They have one star, and let's see what they can do. Oh, I said Little Tukey Williams? It could be Tukey. I thought we said hi. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you <catch that. laughs> all right. All right. Thanks for the education. Okay, wrong Tukey. <laughs> uh, but a lot of times, and again, with any type of star, there are times when a restaurant, there's one in San Francisco called Koi. They had three stars at one point, hmm. but that head chef left to go somewhere else and it, they dropped down to one to two stars. Okay. So a lot of a lot of chefs say, like anything, getting it getting the star is great, but keeping it something else. Uh, okay. All right. It's like being a world champion. You know, you get the title, but can you keep the title? Mm. Got it. Like you might you might get a bad one, but can you keep a bad one? Exactly. <laughs> All right, Lima Reed in the building. Uh and Pooh. <laughs> sir. Uh I'm I'm pretty boring this week. Uh Twitter and Instagram at Pooh. I'll be at a special um uh, indiscriminate location Wednesday for the Lion King uh special screening. They're supposed to be doing something really dope there. I'm hoping they're gonna bring out Beyonce. We won't what? have the fingers crossed. Mm. But if Donald Glover walk on that stage, I'll be just as hype. So we'll see, and I'll let y'all uh, know in the chat. Why you? Uh, what's wrong with Donald Glover? Nah, nah. Hey, do you? Oh, sorry. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> you said you treat him just like you would treat Beyonce, huh? No, I said I'd be. I wouldn't be that disappointed. But I'm looking for Beyonce. All right, Biggie. <laughs> 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 this is why we can't be great. <laughs> that movie is I guess the movie's coming out soon. I didn't even think about that. It's like uh I believe next Friday. Oh, okay. Yeah. So uh this Wednesday, I don't know, it's not a it's not a premiere, it's a special screening with extracurriculars. So I'm hoping they're gonna have one of the big stars there. Okay, maybe they have some chicken laid out for y'all. <clears throat> Or some lamb. That'd be great. Okay. I mean, it won't be no Michelin star or anything like that. But Popeyes. You know. 
That would be that boy. That Twitter would go crazy. <laughs> How dare they have chicken fried chicken out there for us? We're just doing you like Trump. But anyway, uh, man. Okay, Lion King. Looking forward to that. I kind of want to see that actually. I have not seen the original one, but I'm not, I have not seen it either. Wait, wait. Yeah, what? I missed it, man. Was it an urgency for you? I just never. Yeah, I never. I, I just never saw it. You know. I know that it's a big movie, but I never seen it. Yeah. The last Disney cartoon I saw was Fantasia. Wow. I just don't talk to me. Interesting. Highway, come on, man, come on. Wow, that's the Rescuers, nope. Toy Story, nope. Bugs Life. Oh nope. my gosh! Dude. Wow. Right. Well, I'm letting you know. I'm putting you on notice, Mr. Michael Dean. You need to take Gracie uh-huh. to go see Lion King. You. Absolutely, I'm not. I don't know if it's gonna be as great as the cartoon, but I'm sure. Yes, it was. It's gonna spark some emotions, and you're gonna enjoy seeing her watch it. We we we, we might watch the cartoon because that's I gonna watch it at home. But uh, yeah, she's more of a. Uh, you know, she likes Dora. Dora oh my god, Dora the Michael. Explorer. Oh yeah, man. heavy, heavy. Dora, Dora, Dora the Explorer. I'm exposing myself. Swiper no <laughs> shout out to Swiper No Swiper. Um the what's the one with the uh the sheep? Sean the sheep. Sean the sheep. It's Sean the sheep. That's Sean the Ah oh, man, I know all of them. Yeah, she got different they, these kids, they on some other they got other stuff, man. It's a lot different than the Saturday morning cartoons we used to watch. <laughs> That's for sure. That's something that you, you never think about. Saturday morning cartoons. That God. was the thing when I was a kid. It was. It was. I remember, like, I would be so hyped in September because it was the new season, Saturday morning cartoons, and I would get the TV Guide magazine so you could open up and see, oh, this is what the new one is. It's coming out. Oh, Saturday. Oh, I used to live for TV Guide. But in a world of 24 hours. I thought it was just me. (laughs) No, man, everybody. That was. Talking about the TV Guide. I used to like to get the new one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Watched. I would scroll through the Saturday. Then I look for the Friday and just see the, the ads, like the big oh, oh, Night Rider, or whatever. You know. But yeah, man. But now in a world of like what twenty four hour cartoons, anytime, all times, psh, Saturday. What's that? Every day, my You know, let me put on my old man <laughs> right now. Cartoon Network sucks. That's right. I said it. I never really that seen Cartoon sucks. Network before because I never had that. But you know, their Boomerang Channel started off great. Now that too sucks. You know, I, 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 I understand they want to create, you know, new intellectual properties and all that, but they've been redoing a lot of Warner's stuff, a lot of Tom and Jerry. No, show the originals and just shut up. Now, a lot of people are going to say, well, they had some, you know, offensive imagery back then. Okay, fine. Put a disclaimer up at the beginning. Keep moving. Damn. That's so funny. We started watching some old, somebody was on YouTube. Somebody had like four hours worth of Looney Tunes stuff. And we started watching that. I was wanting to see if my daughter would take to it. it it's, it's just so unlike the stuff of today. She, she doesn't, it doesn't even grab her attention whatsoever. Like, some, the tone is so different from those cartoons to what they do today. I don't think kids would, would be into it. 
I normally get on y'all for ragging against today's stuff and you know the millennials, but yeah, I have to co-sign. I mean, what these cartoons today? It's just not. Yeah, it's not on point at all. Hmm. It's a different time, man. It's just because it, there's, there's a, like I said, the stuff that she watches. I wouldn't think that she would like that, but they're so geared to particular children age sets. But I think they've mastered. It is so niche down. Well, they know, okay, a three-year-old would respond to this versus a 12-year-old versus, well, we didn't, they didn't, I don't think they narrowed it down to like that when we were watching. Like, it's so like, there's just these these cartoons that she will respond to that I think are absolute trash, but they're made for her age group. And the imagery and the colors are the things that they know what a young child will respond to as opposed to some other cartoons. Like, I literally will flip through stuff and she'll be like, nah. <laughs> she'll start watching her for a second. Nope. But anything that for her is like anything that have songs, like catchy songs and stuff, she'll be all into it. Like she just discovered, uh, there's a Motown show on Netflix. I don't know if you've ever seen this. It's a Motown. A Motown cartoon? Cartoon. for TV. Yeah. And it's dope as hell because they just take the Motown classic songs and will make a TV episode. It's an episode based on that song. And that song would be throughout the whole show. And it, like, there's one called Easy. And so it's really? easy like Sunday morning. And oh, there's a grandfather character. And he'll just keep singing it over and over. And it's a way for them to fall in love with these songs. And they're because they're great songs. But she's enamored with that. Because like, the, the intro is ABC, you know, Jackson 5. But like every song, Heard Through the Grapevine, whatever, just all the classic Motown songs shows they're all their own episodes that's like on season two and it's a netflix show but you know stuff like that she just eats that up man um with the or the was it the trolls or something like justin timberlake is in one of them it's a movie but then they made it into a tv series all into motown magic that might be what it's called. It's the only Motown show on there. Yeah. 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 yeah sure. Oh shit! It, I actually was watching. I was. I was like, Yo, this is dope, because <laughs> you, you can't help but sing along to it, you know. And they redo the oh, songs. This is great. Yeah, it's dope. Like I, to me, this is the perfect thing. Like this is for the culture. It's made for children. It's a way to introduce them into these songs. Because when they hear them, they can't help but, you know, they're so infectious. I don't know how they're. Well, they have one. I'm looking at the season two listing, and they have one for living, living for the city. Yeah, I don't know about that one. <laughs> hey man, and a lot of them. And again, they'll have the songs throughout other stuff. So you're gonna hear Stevie through a lot of it. You're gonna hear Michael through a lot of it. And Smokey, you know, it's dope. That's a dope ass idea. But the, I don't yeah. like the animation style. But again, I'm old, you right. know. But it's a great idea, though. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh-oh. 25 miles from home. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, this is all right. You remember they used to have the uh, Andre 3000 TV show cartoons? Yes. House of, what is it called? School of 3000. They should have kept that I like going. that. Yeah, I, I love that album. The soundtrack album was dope as hell. Still bumped that. But anyway, I don't know how we got on the cartoons. Look at my man's head. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to watch this. Speaking <laughs> of 
cartoons, my anime folks. There's some new anime that just came out. Actually, it just started last night. I think it's called Dr. Stone. Um, actually, it was trending on Twitter as well. But uh, that first episode just came out last night. And the premise is, uh, it's like it starts a regular world, whatever, you know, humans and stuff. But then everyone turns into a statue, like a stone statue. And then like centuries later, people start to bust out of them and they have to restart humanity and like try and save other people, but actually restart humanity and like how to like reintroduce scientific things and redo things and stuff. It's a very fascinating story. Uh, it's a very popular manga book, but it just started to anime just started last night, June 5th. I would employ you to check that out. <clears throat> Pretty cool. Uh, one more thing on the anime front. You and I talked <clears throat> in Discord about Akira, and I have never seen it. I wanted to watch mm. it on Amazon Prime, and it is not available in this country on Amazon Prime. Really? Damn, really. I see it listed on there. It's listed, but when you try to click on it, not available in this country. Oh, uh, you know what? Because I think it's it's probably on Funimation now. They probably have the license for it now, but... That's a, a lot of listeners have know what this is. I hear a classic anime movie, also a manga, but the movie was uh, probably one of the first big budget anime movies that came out in America at the same time. Brilliantly animated. Uh, you will see the influences in a lot of science fiction stuff. That shit is dope as hell to me. I've bought every format that had ever been really vhs dvd and i got the blu-ray but they're going to put out a 4k hdr version of it supposedly wow. only in japan right now but yes yeah, i would say just it, it's, it's one of those things you kind of have to see i'm not going to tell you that the story is super coherent at times but actually it's actually really good but i remember seeing it in the theater back in the late 80s i was just like oh and so I love it. I actually had the, um, I actually, that's the one sort of omnibus thing I do. I have the box set of it. It's like three big hardcover, or maybe it's four big hardcovers in a box. But dope as hell. Marvel had actually started to release those as colored comics, probably in the late 80s. So the original is on black and white, but Marvel did a run where they did them in color. Super hard to find. But dope, dope as hell, um, animation, sci-fi, dystopia, you know, Neo Tokyo type thing. There's a there's a sequence in that movie where uh, the lead character, I think it's Kaneda, um, he's riding, he has this motorcycle, it's a very iconic motorcycle, which it was actually in uh, Ready Player One. It's this red motorcycle. But there's a scene in the cartoon where he skids and comes to a stop. You can find a YouTube video where there's like countless animated <laughs> TV shows and movies that you know homage that they they homage that scene and everything. It was very iconic. But anyway, yeah, I, one of these days I'm gonna do like a a manga anime. Yes, um, yes. Thing where we just talk about different shit. Educate us. Yes. There's a lot of cool, cool ass manga <laughs> reads that are just as dope as com you know regular Western comics to me, if not doper. That 
uh, a lot, a lot of, and a lot of people are up on this. Like, if you go to Barnes and Nobles, I would argue the manga section is probably bigger than the comic section. I've only read one manga book, and that was the Death, Death Note. Note. Yeah. Oh, that was good. That's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> that's a freaking awesome. There's um, the guys who wrote Death Note. They have two other uh, stories that I love. Well, one that I really love is called Bakuman. B a k uh, M O N, I believe Bakuman. Uh, this dope as hell. It's a story about these two young kids wanting to be manga artists and writers. And it really just shows you how you get into that world of being a manga writer, like in Japan, but it is such a great read. There's, um, I think there's 20 volumes or 19 volumes of that. It's a finished story. Love that. I read that. I was so sucked into that. And then they have another one called Paradise End. I believe it's called. And it's an ongoing thing that's going on right now. It deals more with uh, like kind of superhero-ish type of thing, but really good. Um, it kind of tell you like thinking men's type of stories. Really good shit. Anyway, I am mumbling and rambling. We're going to get up out of here. But we implore you to continue to check us out on podcastjuice.net. With that said, work it like a job. We'll see you next time.